What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We are going to start our coverage of the IPF World Championships that will be taking place in South Africa. As promised, we're going to start with the females, and on Wednesday, we're going to have our males. So today, 47 kilos all the way up to 84-plus. Preview Palooza on Two White Lights, the hardest-working podcast in the game. We did USAPL Meganats this week. We're going to do IPF Worlds this week, and we're going to combine something the following week, giving our last-minute predictions, so stay tuned for that. Steve, Solana, and I give our hot takes, analysis, preview of each and every weight class. It's a blast to do. It's a blast to listen to, so make sure you're subscribing on Spotify. Leave a five-star rating. Also, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, and a review as well. Subscribe to our website and also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Unfortunately, these two episodes will be audio only, uh, but we will have more YouTube content coming soon with Two White Lights episode. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. And as promised, we are here again for yet another preview episode. This time, IPF Worlds in Sun City, South Africa. And as promised, Solana and Steve are joining me to break down the female side. We're going 47 kilos all the way up to super heavyweights for IPF Worlds. How are you two? Are you fully recovered from our extensive preview of mega nationals yeah i think so this this one's less overwhelming because we don't have to go through 11 different weight classes the the ipf weight classes are much simpler and honestly it's a bit simple it's a bit easier like uh one for the most part ipf worlds we care about who wins like the usapl there is a little bit more implication for top three because of the pro cards and if the pro series actually continues to be a thing um i mean for ipf worlds it's about who wins as well as the fact that ITF World tends to have a very distinct tier one and then a big drop off usually. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a very, I mean, that's a big thing. I mean, most of these weight classes, there's a couple, there's definitely a couple that are a bit deep, but I mean, just per usual, we're going to have some very strong outliers who just simply are the best in the world. They're, they're better than everyone. But then there tends to be a huge drop off after that. So um, yeah, this one's a little bit simpler in, in, a, in a way. But we definitely have a lot of storylines. Um, I mean, especially on the women's side, we, we talked about this. I mean, we're, we're USAPL elitists. We've been labeled that. Um, but neither of us have ever denied the women's side internationally is more competitive than USAPL. I think there is an argument on the men's side if all the men stayed. Obviously, we have a little bit of a split, and that changes things to an extent. But there is never an argument that the women's side internationally is more competitive than what we have in the USAPL. I mean, legitimately, other than Amanda Lawrence, the other couple best women in the world are currently in the ITF. Would you agree with that, Solana? I would agree, 100%. Especially going through, like, all the USAPL women's weight classes, like, I was like, 
we had some strong stuff going on with APL, but we we're missing some of the absolute best with IPF. Yeah, I would agree with that too. And then just looking at the rosters, you see that. And like what you said, Steve, there's always an, like just a pretty simple thing of looking at it. Usually it's one to three lifters we're focusing on, and then occasional weight class has like five or six. It's never like that much deeper, and the fivers that five, the five, uh, the five and six deep weight classes are relatively rare. I think you're going to see that with 93 kilos and 76 kilo females, um, or 93 kilo males and 76 kilo females. You're going to see that where it's a little bit deeper, but sometimes we're just looking at two lifters or three lifters. Um, but yeah, and we are starting with the females today, and you're definitely right. Internationally, I think females you have more of a storyline uh, to really look at. You have a lot more to talk about. And also, I, I mean, I just want to bring this up because we're doing IPF World Previews. It's so much better that we have a Team America now. We don't have a Team Virgin Islands where people are just kind of getting in and it's all scattered all over the place. We have an American team. And when you have a fully stocked American team – IPF Worlds is insurmountably better. Last year, IPF Worlds fell behind Raw Nationals. I will say that with confidence. This go-round, IPF Worlds, I think, is a better viewing experience than USAPL Mega Nationals. Just because there's a American team now. An actual American team. And hell, some of them are on Virgin Islands still. So you got a lot of Americans in there. Americans are good at powerlifting. Well, that was one thing that confused. I was actually trying to figure out who I was thinking was the favorite to win the women's or the men's side for teams. And when I was doing it, I had to stop myself because then I realized Gavin and Chandler Babb are not American, nor is, I mean, Kimberly Walford never is. She's been USCI for a while. And I was like, it still is a little weird. Like It's still a little odd where... Joe, you said, oh yeah, and Joe, and Joe I forgot Jordan. about that. And Joe Jordan, I, I'm just like, it's so weird. Yeah, because he's, he's I, it, my favorite to win 66. I mean, we'll get to the preview yeah. Monday, but it still doesn't feel it doesn't feel normal because the split there is weird. Um, I mean, in all reality, Chandler would be the U.S. representative. Joe would be the U.S. representative, and then Gavin's Gavin's the one that's a little bit different. And I we talked to Gavin about why he did it. It actually kind of makes sense. He did say he wants that rematch, but he wants it on a big stage. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, even though Powerful American Nationals ended up being decently good, it wasn't a big stage. Like it was, it was twenty something lifters with like maybe fifty people in the crowd. It wasn't the stage he wanted to be on. So I actually understand his reasoning there to an extent. Um, so yeah, but either way, we got women to talk about. Are we ready to go? Yeah, and we're starting yep. in 47 kilo weight class. And typically, I mean, I had Heather Connor on the show a while, while back. It was actually when she won, I believe, her second world championship. She would talk about IPF Worlds being like the competition where she actually has to get pushed a little bit, that she has more competition. Let me start off this weight class by asking you two a question. I'll start. I'll start with Solana because we accidentally talk over each other quite a bit. I'll do a good job of hosting this time. Is Heather Connor the underdog in 47 kilos right now? I'm going to say yes. All right. I'm going to say yes. Tiffany Chacon is really doing well. And I think Heather, she finally has a competition she's been looking for. And it's very clear she's going to have to fight. It's going to come down to the last deadlift. 
Um, so I would say, like, she's, I think Tiffany is going to be more people's heavy favorite due to her competitions recently and how well she's done. Yeah. I mean, Tiffany has totaled more than Heather, I believe. Is that bad journalism? Let me check on that. It's four eight. She's coming with a four eighteen, and Heather's coming with a four ten. So yeah. Okay. Oh, Heather's best is nine oh three. Well, she did that at that ABS meet. That was kind of a little bit different. Yeah. Either way, Tiffany has the highest total. Her training in the gym shows an even higher total. Um, now, one thing you're going to hear me say this: if, if there's a if there's a if there's a thing I'm going to say during IPF Worlds over and over, is there is a very uh, consistent trend with French lifters. One, they all max out very notably to where it's very easy to see their numbers. There's no question marks with the French lifters. They max out all three lifts. But very rarely do they hit those exact numbers in competition. Almost like clockwork, they hit about two and a half to five kilos less. All of them. Like every single one go about two and a half to five less. With that being said, Tiffany just hit 362 in the gym. Um, just hit 220, but a pretty short pause, and then fairly easily deadlifted 374. Now, let's say she could have deadlifted 385, and if I take away two and a half kilos off of all that, it's a 950 total. That's huge. That's 50 pounds more than Heather has ever done, 25 kilos. So, yes, I, I don't think that is by any means a far-fetched statement to say Tiffany is the favorite. Um, yeah, I mean... She, she won it last year, so it's not like she doesn't have international uh, competition history. Um, even though Heather hasn't lost in the last time she's been in it, um, the fact of the matter is we have someone who just notably is totaling higher than her from what we've seen. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I don't know if you saw uh, Tiffany turned around like a week later, so AKA like a couple days ago, and then grinded out 366, like literally just four pounds heavier, and right. just <laughs> pushed it out. I was like, oh. Okay. I mean, so it's actually possible Tiffany's second attempt beat Heather's current best total. Now, Heather hasn't really put together a meet. Like, I don't think she fully sandbagged PA Nats. Like, it was a little harder than I expected it to be, albeit I don't know if she fully peaked for it. She definitely didn't put – I mean, deadlift, she definitely didn't put all into it. Bench was a little bit more, I think, a, a max because she passed on that third attempt. Heather's definitely got more, but, like, Tiffany's stealing right now is pretty insane like insane enough to where i'm pretty sure she would she might win she might get second in the weight class up yeah i wasn't looking yeah i mean I, I don't think yeah like you said nothing really is a hot take there objectively speaking chapon is coming in with a better one better momentum and better total it's just it's there and I think she's trending in the right direction. Talk about trend lines. We got that uh, We got that out of the way early this time. But her in the gym, her on the platform, it speaks for itself. Like, it's not a person who can't replicate their platform lifts or their gym lifts on the platform. And also, French lifters, I you know, like Steve said, they do have the tendency to really show you what they're working with. You could kind of see their one rep maxes. The taper isn't really going to change something. Tiffany is not quite like Baniutis. Tiffany, there's there's lifts that seem like he has a little bit more in the tank, and I think we can expect maybe something a little bit more on the platform when she competes. Heather Connor, though, for me, it's like all signs are pointing to Tiffany. Heather Connor, I just can't get over what she can continuously put on that pole. 
I think he can go above that 419 and really push into something. And again, I'm looking at the potential of a pull for the win scenario, and that's where it turns into Heather Connor's ball game. Uh, her pull is legendarily good. Um, I mean, when she pulled 400, has a, has a 47 kilo lifter got close to 400 since Heather did it? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, there's Tiffany's in that realm, Mallory Brown's in that realm. I think, uh, Jessica Espanol is in that round a little bit, but no, I mean, Heather's kind of in a league of her own there. Yeah. So, and, and really I, she was plateaued there for a while, but then she just found this extra gear in training and she was able to, you know, go above that. Like, I think it was, I think she was stuck around 402 for a while. And then we saw 419 and I think she can go above that. Like Heather's and Heather's a person is again, like I could actually expect something more than what she does in the gym than on the platform. No white cut walks into 47 really easy. Um, it's going to be, Tiffany Chapon with the, the the squat and bench, the subtotal, and then Heather with the deadlift. But Tiffany's subtotal is looking so good right now. It's looking really good, yeah. and I, I don't know if I can trust, especially with the bench. God, Tiffany's bench. Can we talk about that for a second? 47 kilo lifter benching 205 pounds. Tiffany, where well, the hell the do you find is. it from? What are they feeding these French, French lifters? It's insane. I mean, well, I'm, I'm it's more switching federations. I'm but actually going to make Jessica my Jessica was on track. Jessica just hit 220 in the gym. Good so it's, yeah. it, There's some 47 kilo lifters going crazy on bench press right now. I say but a 47 it, half kilo it, lifter, a 47 kilo lifter benching that is is eventually going to be more impressive than them deadlifting 400 pounds. Because that just makes I agree because no I can sense. barely bench that. It just makes no sense. It's ridiculous. 47 kilos. It, remember it, that. I know. Like, it truly is insane. That's more than double their body. That is so wild. Yeah. And then another thing, too, to think about with Heather, like, you know how she's training for the World Games, equipped as well. And one thing she talked to me about during our interview with Brad to PA Nats was, like, ever since she started training equipped, it's like she's found these little extra things with techniques to help her out more with her pull. So I'm just wondering how much more that will help her. It's just really benefiting her because she hit that 429 in training as well very, very recently, which was huge. And I know for her bench, like, um, she's not known for bench pressing. But at the same time, I know that at TA Nets, she was talking a lot about how she was cramping really, really badly. And I do know Heather is smart when it comes to traveling. She's going to get there extremely early. I forgot how many how early, but very, very, very early. Make sure she's in a good spot. So... I think we have a good chance that her bench will at least get back to where it was to like that 165 mark. Well, speaking of travel, let's just get this out of the way now. There is something different about this IPF world, and it's everyone has to travel. Everyone. Like, even if it was in Sweden last year, most of the European countries, that's like within a U.S. trip in the comparison to where we are. Like, that's, that's like a, a couple-hour flight, four- to five-hour flight. I don't consider that traveling. That's that's a pretty easy situation. It's not like going overseas. And pretty much, I, I, for as long as I can remember now, it's either been in the U.S. the one year in Kyleen, which the U.S. lifters get home field advantage. We don't have to travel and everyone else does. And or Canada, which we don't really have to travel for that too much either, home field advantage. Or it's in Europe, which all the Europeans get home field advantage. No one's got home field advantage in South Africa. 
absolutely no one. I don't even know if there's South African lifters competing, which makes me wonder why we're going to South Africa. I don't know if there's powerlifting there. It's kind of weird to me. There is. Usually, there is. Is there like three? Yeah. Four people? I mean, I found one in 52. Oh, and 57. I can't remember the last time we went somewhere for the Olympics that was in a country that basically didn't have anyone that was going to compete. I don't know. Different thing there. We're going to Malta next year. That's even weirder. Um, so getting back to it, everyone has to travel. Heather travels well, probably in large part because she never has to cut. She's always fairly underway. I don't know if Tiffany has to cut. I'm not sure on that, but I also don't believe Tiffany's ever had to travel as far as I know. I think everything she's done has been within Europe. So that is a factor. It doesn't change my mind that I still look at Tiffany as the decently heavy favorite because anytime you're traveling, even if you don't have to cut weight, like we're, we're going to talk a lot about like what we think someone's going to do. But what I'm projecting, I'm projecting based off of like, if they're going to have a great meet, like I, I, expect, I, I don't want to project that they're actually going to be two and a half kilos less because of travel. It's hard to be able to project, but the fact matters a lot of people are, we know that most people when they have to travel a good distance and they have to eat foreign foods and all this kind of stuff, they're likely not going to have the meat that they have those in their backyard. So it's hard to project that. But the fact that everyone has to travel kind of somewhat eliminates that variable to an extent, other than the fact that some people travel better and some people are cutting more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the travel is a big factor, um, and really no one has an advantage. I think maybe experience will go over the actual distance traveled, which will be Heather Connor in this circumstance. Um and that's and if it is a French lifter, typically they do make relatively big weight cuts. Um, I think all of them do, uh, or at least the ones we're going to mention. Maybe uh, we'll talk about uh, Naomi uh, soon, but um, I I actually am not a hundred percent sure on Chapon. But we uh, going back to Heather though. This is one thing I was thinking of. He's doing the World Games. Um, which is a big accomplishment for a lot of lifters. Uh, raw lifter doing the, uh, the the World Games and going into the equipment, um, which is going to be a really new experience for her. Do you think that's affecting her training at all? And I mean, it could it could fly both ways, but like you said, it's actually helping her with deadlift. But how about squat and bench? Is it helping squat and bench? Single ply lifters, I've said in many times. Uh, 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 Bonica Brown is a good example, an Austin Perk example, where their technique has really helped by being in the equipment. But has has Heather expressed anything that squat and bench has taken a good uptick? Or for me, this is speculation on my end, but just kind of not exactly focused on the task at hand and focused on something else, which is the world game, something he's never experienced before. Like that can offer, I think, a different set of distractions that um, might not be the best when you're facing the stiffest competition you would face in your entire career. Yeah, I mean, when I was talking to her, I know that she's, she's definitely more focused on world than world games. And so even though she is doing bow training and equipment, um, she seemed that to say that like it really was helping more with her deadlift. She didn't really say much about helping with her squat, which you're right, like, when it comes to equipment, like, your squat form seems to be pretty different because you're in equipment. Um, but I think just the way that she's training for it and just her being more focused on IPF Worlds, I'm not super concerned about it. Um, I don't care. I don't remember who her coach is. I know it's someone who's very well-versed in equipped training who's helping her a lot with that. 
so he's good at like helping Raw and Equiplifters combine. So we kind of have to see, but I think like she knows this is going to be her biggest meet. Yeah, she really wants to get to Sheffield. So I just really doubt she's going to let Equip get too much in the way of her Raw training, in my opinion. If, if I didn't have proof, I would agree, Angela, that I would speculate that, but she just squatted a 330. She just squatted 330 for a PR. Honestly, her squat's actually going really well. So I don't think it's affecting her. And Tiffany, I didn't realize it's just did a meet this month on the 14th, two weeks ago, and she weighed 108.6. So she does cut five pounds. So I'll throw out one more. I mean, we I think for the most part, we said what we want to about uh, Tiffany and Heather. Because we're going to be doing top three. There's a pretty solid third. It's kind of seemingly locked in. Like she's not going to quite compete with Tiffany and Heather. But she's also kind of a decent amount ahead of anyone else. And that's Simone Lai from Canada. Um, I don't know if she just competed at Canadian Nats or not. Um, I did not see any posting on that. But the fact of the matter is she's at like an 821 total. Um, I mean, her last real meet was uh, back in September last year. Uh, so she very well could have made the progression from that. But uh, not anything that I've seen that's, that's going to put her – in the running of a 900 plus total and compete with Heather and Tiffany. So it, it seems pretty solidly that she's locked in the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We saw her last year at worlds too, right? Good competitor. I think the future is bright for her. Um, just right now in 47 kilos with the emergence of a Chapon uh, and Heather, I mean, not the emergence of Chapon and Heather always being there as being the dominant force, you know, it's, it's still hard to compete with, but still one of the best 47 kilo lifters in the world. I mean, no matter how you cut it, look in America, look in the international stage. Uh, Simone is a fantastic, fantastic lifter. Um, all right. So I think we set all, all the, our predictions, our hot takes, our analysis. Let's get into predictions here. Let's start with Solana. Who do you got? getting top three at 47 kilos. All right, so this is tough because obviously Heather's been the reigning champion. Tiffany's coming up strong. But you know what? Even though I have a lot of faith in Tiffany, and I really do think she could definitely dethrone Heather, I'm going to still put Heather in first because she gets the cool advantage. She has more experience traveling for these big meets, and um, Tiffany is not. So I'm going to give her first. I think I'll come down to the last deadlift. And then I'm going to give Tiffany second and Simone Lyon third. All right. How about you, Steve? I'm just going to flip it. Tiffany first, Heather second, Simone third. All right. So I'll be the deciding factor here is the uh, Chapon first, Heather Connor battle here. I want America to win. This is a big one. America needs to win this weight class because it was talked about on a few podcasts. It was talked about, I think, within the realm of powerlifting. France can beat America. I actually think relatively, not relatively easily, but I think they're a heavy favorite to beat America as far as the team goes on the female side. This is the big swing weight class because I think the other classes are wrapped up. This one is huge. Heather needs to win this one. I think Heather pulls this one out. I think Chapone is going, it's just a little bit too much, a little bit too soon in her powerlifting career. Um, perhaps you see a down meet here. At, all right, here's my take on this. The only way I think Heather can win is if, if Tiffany has a down meet. 
both lifters with the with their travel in South Africa, both can have a down meet. If they both have down meets, Tiffany wins. If they both have really good meets, Tiffany wins. Tiffany needs a down meet, and Heather needs to have a good meet for her to win because based on projected totals. I think the possibility of Tiffany having a down meet is higher right now than Heather because I think they could still make a conservative call and stay within their realm if um, if it comes down to an actual head-to-head battle. So I'll take Heather. I'm showing my patriotism here as well. I want America to win. Not to say I'm always going to pick America, but this was big. You, you, this one is going to be a needed weight class for America to win the world, and of course I'm a, uh, an American stand. And Simone Lai, uh for third. All right. I'd like to point out, I counted, and there are eight people from South Africa competing at this meet. Okay, that's not... Just so y'all know. That's not one, at least. That's eight times more than that, like we thought originally, so that's good. Yeah. All so right. It's not that competitive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up now to 52 kilos. Um, We have another French-dominated weight class here. Isn't that right, Steve? Yep. Yeah, I mean, the the one-two, we already had a showdown of these two. Uh, Noemi Alibert and Rico Shizuka both competed at French Nationals and went head-to-head. Um, Noemi won that, but not by a ton. Now, from what it sounded like, um, I think maybe even Rico said it in her post that I saw um, or something like that. I saw something that just, like, it just, it was a little bit too far out of reach to compete with Noemi. But at the same time, she was only... 14 pounds behind. So seven and a half kilos, seven and a half or something like that. And I think there was probably some chips there as well. So that's still a battle. Now, Noemi, she's been the best 52 kilo lifter in the world. She won it last year, but the fact of the matter is, is it's pretty distinctly one and two there. From there, there's an argument for the next five people, Megan Lee Smith, Seth Keen, Plune Deckers, Marissa Inda, and Barbara, uh, and Marissa Inda, um, that any of those four could get third. So that's a whole debate in itself. But starting with Naomi versus Rico, um, I don't really see much from either of them. They're not, uh, even though a lot of the French lifters post a lot, um, they do not. We're going to talk about that a lot. International lifters do not post very much, so it is very hard to make a lot of predictions on international lifters because they just they they are not like America where um, if they have a 705 warm-up before their 750 deadlift, they have to post that the next day to have content. And they don't show their videos. Oh, yes. I made so many <laughs> notes here of how much I was annoyed at people not trimming their videos. They'd have these meat videos where I've got to watch a 40-second walkout. International listeners, please, for the love of God, trim your videos. It made this so much harder. I don't even think they're listening to our podcast. In all honesty, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe the French lifters are and the American lifters, but I don't know how much it gets deep into that. But I agree. Um, the trim feature on an iPhone and a smartphone is not just an American thing; it's worldwide. So you can utilize it to your advantage um, if you want to make life easier for us. Um, to help out, to help out, coupes both videos, steal both plates. I probably butchered that, but English translation, please trim your videos. <laughs> what language was the that? French. That was French? French. Okay. Yeah. Well, we definitely lost, like, the six French viewers that we had, so that's good. 
I like how <laughs> you. If we had him, we lost him. All right. How about you, Solano? With um, with uh, this weight, do you uh, with this weight class? Do you see it with Naomi and Rico? And uh, like, is is there any other chance of another lifter getting into that top two spot that isn't French? I don't think so. Um, just like Steve mentioned, there's definitely a battle for third place, and that'll be interesting to watch. But looking at Naomi and Rico, like they're pretty far above everyone by a solid like. 30 to 50 pounds. That's big enough where I'm not really saying anyone's sliding in second or first. Um, Rico definitely has a chance to pull it out, but Naomi has to have some misses. Mm-hmm. Because even if Rico had a perfect day, she went, eight, she went eight for nine in March. And she missed just one bench. And that was five pounds less than what she wanted. So even with her having a perfect day, she still does not beat Naomi. So... Yeah. yeah. There was it, There is one interesting person, Plune Deckers. Actually, had her last meet in March was a 961 total, mm-hmm. but that was a weight class up and a pretty notable uptick in body weight. Does it definitely look like she got stronger? We'll talk about her in a second. But if anyone's looking at that number, thinking that she's probably in the running with Naomi and Rico, I don't think that's the case because she has a pretty big cut from where she weighed in uh, for that meet. She weighed uh, she weighed 121, and I think this weight class is 114 or 113, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's pretty significant to where I don't think those numbers carry over. Yeah, uh, uh, Plune is a perennial IPF medalist, right? He's medaled at I think two IPF worlds, if I'm remembering correctly. I believe she I did. do not know, nor can confirm that. But she's, uh, she we don't have a resident she doesn't IPF have a, expert yeah, she's on no, this podcast. Yeah, fantastic. She's an international competitor. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Well, no, she's fa- an international yeah. competitor. Fantastic lifter because I, I, I and I think um, she's no stranger to IPF Worlds. That's kind of what I'm like getting at here. So I think you know within someone who can get within the top three, definitely Plune, um, and there's a few others there. Uh, but going back to one and two, I mean, granted they don't post a ton, but uh, Alaber is such a good lifter and a consistent lifter and executes really well on the platform. And I think I said this last year during IPF World's preview. If Leah did not exist, if it was just some bizarro world that she just didn't exist, Naomi would be the the French lifter, the French female lifter. She is doing things that are dominant. Her dots, IPF, well, they're doing good lift points. Their good lift points is, or her good lift points is increasing. She could find herself into a conversation with one of the best female lifters in the world, regardless of weight class. That's how good she's been. Um, and the person I think who is going to be pushing her is uh, Rico. Uh, and they're going to be in the, within the same country. I don't think anyone's really going to push one or two. I think the debate there is for third. So, talk about Steph, uh, uh, Steph Keen right now from Canada. Is there a possibility I, uh, of her Steph, getting into that third spot? I definitely think so because even so, if you look at her qualifying meet, that she actually did a meet after that May fifteenth, and I found her IG and everything looked decently easy. On top of that, like her squat. Like, she wanted to load 170 kilos, but she was, like, not allowed to. So, she was meant for the 374 squat. So, I think she has a lot more in her for her actual meet day. And I actually have her probably getting third place at this meet. Um, she does have to fight. We have Megan Lee. And we have Marissa Enda. 
they both have competitive tools with her. And Marissa, she hasn't posted any training. I know that PA, she like sandbagged it because she didn't really need to work hard at PA. Sandbag just for deadlift. Oh. Did not sandbag her squat and her bench. That was not sandbag. You're right. You're right. Okay. So she probably must sandbag her deadlift. Um, and I know her meet before that did not go well. I believe that was Arnold. Yeah, of last year. And it did not go well at all for her. So realistically, with her not posting, I'm not sure what she's going to do. I'm really not sure. I don't really see her having like major improvement from her best overall total ever. I have her total maybe like 9.35. I think her best is what, Steve? Like 9, 9.42, right? 9.48, and that was at the Grand Prix back in 2018 or 19, maybe. It's been a while. I know she's suffered from back injuries since. I basically put, like, if she could hit the deadlift that she got, um, what was it, back in uh, 2020, if she could hit that deadlift, and then the squat and the bench, I think that would be a reasonable expectation. But Allie puts her at 9.20, and I don't think that gets her in the realm. Megan Lee Smith just competed, and it looked like that meet was pretty much all out. Albeit that it was all out and it was like a perfect meet. So I don't know if she's going to have a lot more to add to that. So I have it coming between Steph and Plune. It's hard to gauge this. Steph, we have a bit more of like recent competition. Plune, we do, but it was at a higher body weight. Now, looking at Plune Deckers, which I hope I'm not butchering that name, I think she had like an 890 or a 900 pound total. And when she went up body weight, 961. Now, those were a decent amount between those dates. So I, I have to assume she added some strength. It's not just 60 pounds based off of adding, like, a couple pounds body weight and not cutting. I, I, I kind of put her, because there wasn't much training to kind of go off of, I put her smack dab in the middle, which has me with Steph and Plune right at 935 to 940. Like, I have them basically tying. My deciding factor is Plune's international experience. That's my difference. And the fact that Netherlands is likely a little bit less of a flight down to South Africa, but more than anything, the international experience there. So, I mean, if I'm already giving my, I'm already saying my prediction, I have her, I, I just, because again, a lot of the, the IPF stuff, we're just going off of hunches because we don't have as much information as we do from American lifters, not only because American lifters post more, but we also talk to all the American lifters. So even if they don't post, we tend to have a little bit inside info. I'm just going based off of international experience there. I'm saying she's taking third. All right, so are we getting into predictions now? Is there any uh, other takes we want to get into with these lifters? Well, actually, let me get into Marissa Inda right now because, again, you're, I mean, I, the most knowledge I'm going to have around the American lifters. Um, Marissa, it's been a while since she's really able to put it on the platform. 2019 Nationals was a good meet for her. Um, it was able to win, and then she did Arnold, I believe, not the best meet, but really if you're looking just like if you take five meets into consideration, IPF Worlds in 2019 was not a good meet for her. I believe four for nine. Really bad meet. Good recovery from 2019 Nationals. Struggles, troubles, has struggled with depth on, the, with depth on squat at the international with that, stage. Well, he's not going to get any help there. That super narrow squat stance with all that four knee travel – is very difficult to find depth. You have to bury the fuck out of that squat. I love narrow stance squats, but it is not a very easy thing to get depth on. You are going to be caught parallel. Nothing's going to get past these IPF refs, um, especially if they're lined up um, directly in front of a lifter like they were last year. Um, they, like, 
that's going to be a problem for her. And then also, I think with what we saw at nationals last year, um, it had to had to pull out, had to scratch her attempts because I think a back injury was uh, nagging her. So if you look at recent meets, take five into consideration. Three of them didn't go very well. Two of them were good. One was kind of a sandbag meet too. So I, I, I can't see her getting in the top three. I would like to see it. Um, well, actually, like one of my when I first started powerlifting, one of my favorite lifters to watch. It was because of the narrow stance squat and the narrow stance deadlift. I just thought that was cool. And you know, she was winning world championship or uh, yeah, winning uh, national championships and world championships at the time. Um, you want me to give you a hot take here on this? Yeah. Just go for it. Do it. I love Marissa. Juggernaut used to be my favorite. Chadlow Wesley Smith was my idol. Okay. As soon as they forced everyone to go do the Juggernaut AI, their entire team went to crap. And you saw most of them leave because they all got hurt and their training went terrible. That is... That's, I'll leave it there. I think perceived as a hot take, but I would tell people to like actually observe what is going on right now and... Eat. It will give you an answer if you observe and study what's going on with Juggernaut. Um, a lot of injuries and a lot of people uh, kind of leaving. Um, and, yeah, and Marissa could be one of them as well. So, again, with that third, I think I would have to consider out of it, unfortunately, which is, again, that'll, it's going to hurt Team America there. Um, I guess I'll go with mine. I'll have uh, Alaber, number one, and... Uh, Shizuka, number two, and I think Decker's three, and I'm going to cite the same uh, reason for you, Steve. Um, international experience, veteran. I know a little bit more about her, too. Might be a terrible way to make predictions. I just know a little bit more about her because I think she's just more familiar onto the scene. Um, Steph has competed, though, internationally quite a bit, too, right? Look, I need to refresh. Yeah, I believe she has. Eh, no, her only, well, I don't know. Her only meet in open powerlifting is CPU Nationals right now. That's like so annoying. three weeks ago. So I don't know. So okay. it, obviously, no, she has not done international. Unless, unless she's under a different name and it's hard to search her. Okay. Yeah, because it could be that. But, that's a lifter I don't I have can... a lot of information on. So. Yeah, here we go. Steph Keen. Yeah, so she's done, she's done IPH. So it's S T E P H. Until now, now it's S-T-E-F for the newest meet. So that's kind of weird. So, yeah, she's definitely competed at a uh, couple, one, two. She's competed at a couple IPF World Championships. So she's, she's experienced, too. Mm -hmm. um, she's more experienced on the single fly side, it looks like, though. Yeah, because I believe she's a three-time champ. Is that correct? I do not know based off of looking at this. But, yeah, I mean, she's, she's competed more on the international stage in single fly. Okay. Um, and has competed more in general single ply as of late. So um, I'll go next because all I'm going to do is mirror you. Wait, uh, no Emmy Shizuka Plune. I know I only said I only said Plune for third. Oh, I didn't okay, say my okay. first and my all second. Right. But I mean, shocker, no Emmy Shizuka Plune. Okay. Well. All right. So I'm going no Emmy Rico, and then I'm going to give Steph third. And my only reason is with Plune, she's cutting that weight. And there's travel combined, so cutting a good chunk of weight and traveling is an additional obstacle. And then Steph, like, I got to at least watch her last meet that she just did, and it definitely looked like she was 
leaving some in the tank for this meet. So I'm going to give it a step. I think she can pull out a good extra, like, 15 kilos potentially at this meet. All right. So we only I, I couldn't argue that. I mean that would be that I mean I think that's very, very possible. They're they're neck and neck, so Yep. All right. So pretty much the same one two, and then the only one disagreeing with Steve and I is Lana with Steph. But there's one thing we are all gonna be unanimous on, and that is Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com, follow them on Instagram, and use the best promo code in powerlifting to WL15, and now all three of us have a discount code, correct? Yeah, I'm taking actual offense to you stating two white, two, two white lights 15 is the best because <laughs> Orc 15 has been getting shared yeah. because I think yeah. people understand that it's the smarter choice. I, I don't know what I should feel right now. It's confusing because two white lights 15 is the literal show that you're on's discount code. But you're still getting sales for Leflar Bros, so I'm conflicted with if I should take offense to what you just said or defend to our license. What it means, what it means, I'm, if I'm you confused. use, and we're not fit, even giving Solana you, her her discount code either in this. Yours completely disregarding yeah, because it. we're self we're selfish. <laughs> or fifteen is support for two white lines. Let's get that clear. It's the okay. same thing. Okay, it's just support that one of the co-hosts you like more than the other. Oh, all right. I want to. Two white lights. Fifteen means you like us both. Uh, or fifteen means I'm the better. Co-host. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that I guess makes sense. Because in no circumstance would it ever lead to them liking me more. It'll always be two you white lights. Fifteen. So that works. You have a discount code so too. What? You have? Don't you have a discount code as well? No, it's two white lights. Fifteen still. That oh, was I thought there was an Angelo It was the personal. No, it was the personal one. So the personal oh, okay. one into the. So thing. yeah, when. Yeah, so it's win, so win I, I, I I win. Yeah, it's a win-win for you. Um, it's a win-win for everyone yeah. because no matter what discount code you're going to use, you're going to get the best powerlifting merchandise in the sport. New designs, new drops. They can make you look pretty from head to toe. They make you look good on the platform, in the gym, outside of the gym. And they also support the powerlifting community. They provide excellent coverage. They're hyping up the athletes. They have not only an athlete, a bunch of athletes competing at Mega Nationals, but one competing IPF World as well. Use whatever promo code you like. I'm going to say Two White Lights 15 because this is the Two White Lights show podcast. Solana 15. You can use Solana 15. Make Make three purchases. Just do it. Solana 15 is if you're a crypto person and you like to buy the dip. Buy the that that's oh. showing your, you you buy the dip. <laughs> Solana, you gotta broadcast. You gotta get you just buy the dip. You gotta say that. Buy the dip. Make three separate purchases. Yeah, do it. <laughs> you will open up a whole new niche if you do buy the dip with you Solana want, fifteen. You want you want people to use this discount code if you advertise it. That you will get at least four people who would buy on just instinct. They will just buy it because you said buy the dip. But use the code three separate times. Get a cop tee, use promo code 2WL15, get some joggers, use ORC15, and get those beautiful deadlift socks using Solana15. Make three separate purchases, you're going to save money. Do it, Leflar Bros, best powerlifting merchandise in, uh, in the sport. And now to the 57 kilo weight class. 57 kilo weight class is controlled by Great Britain's Zoe Joan Ninamani, one of my favorite female lifters in the world. 
And after Joy, then you get some jostling with two to three. Because I think Joy right now has a little bit of a stranglehold on this division. She is damn good. But then after that, you have some really, really good lifters. I think a former IPF World Championship with Marie Hati in there. I think Bobby Butters was picked to do Sheffield. So, fantastic lifter in her own right. We got, we we actually got a nice little uh, battle here. So, I'm going to give you that Joy needs to be the favorite, but she has an issue. And that was the, there's one thing, one thing I looked for immediately when trying to research this. And it's hard to see because I didn't see, I want to say, let me look at my notes here again. I don't know if her, her recent meet she just did, she totaled 1085, which is definitely the highest nominated total. Um, I believe it was like a, I don't, I don't know if she showed her list. I think it was like a recap one, or maybe she didn't even post it. Either way, I didn't see it. But do you all remember the big issue she had last year? Yes. Elbows. Elbows supporting the thighs. Ah. Yes. She kept shoving her elbows under and then pushing off of her thighs and supporting. And she got called on her second and third attempt. And that really kind of opened it up. Um, honestly, if Maria and Bobby didn't kind of have down meets themselves, um, Joy was not like a for sure thing there. Um, now, the only thing I could find is some recent squat post. It was it was light. It was like rep work. It didn't look like she was doing that. But at the same time, I think it's something she doesn't do as much until heavier weight. So I don't know if that's still an issue. Now, she's done two meets since Worlds, and both times she missed her third squat. Don't know if that was strength. I don't know if that was the elbow supporting. So that's my one big question mark there with her. Um, outside of that, she she definitely has the highest top end. Um, I don't believe she really has to cut much. Um, I mean, at this French meet she did, she weighed 128. So she's only cutting like three pounds. I mean, that's negligible. Uh, that's probably right on par with probably what Bobby and Maria does. Um, but yeah, that was my one question mark there. The big thing with her is always the fact that she has her deadlift. Um, she attempted 518 recently and didn't make it. Um, so I, I, even though I have her probably hitting 501, the pretty recent meet, and I don't have any more to kind of go off of. She very well can have more in the cards there and she can load whatever she needs likely if she is behind due to kind of some squat mistake based off of technique with the, the elbows and tech calories or whatnot. I yeah, was... I'm super stoked for this. Go on. Oh, so I was say, I'm super stoked for the weight class. Just like you see, she doesn't really post like heavy lift joy. So I have no idea if that elbow thing is going to be a problem. Um, but looking at like between Bobby Butters, Maria, Evie Corrigan, like I literally had them all but then four pounds of each other for the total. And Jade Jacob so, right there too. I think she's a little on the outskirts, but like within 10 pounds. I believe it's Jad Jacob. Jad Jacob. Jad. Yes. All right. That's our resident uh, Italian pronunciator, even though it's French. That um, was a yes. very good French pronunciation. It's Jad. It wasn't bad. Jad Jacob. I'm telling uh, you. Squat mean deadlift. Squat mean deadlift will determine if that was good. You know how official, uh, I interpreter. I did research on the show. I looked at Squat Memes Deadlift YouTube channel of how to pronounce French lifters' names. So I'm gonna fucking kill it, you guys. Is it Jad Jacob? <laughs> that was the only research you did. Didn't look at the lifters' list. Just wanted to know how to pronounce their names. I no. I mean, I research enough here with the female side. I, I mean, especially international. I kind of have to do a little bit more. But Jad Jacob, what a fucking name! It's, if you pronounce that correctly, you have one of the most badass-sounding names in uh, IPF Worlds. Um, 
But continue, Steve. Sorry to interrupt you and be condescending. I well, was kind of sending you. Do you have anything else you want? Did you have anything you wanted to go to them, or you wanted to just want me to run down all four and kind of where they're at? Um, I was going to ask you something about Bobby Butters. Do you think he's the? I think. Do you believe? Because this is my opinion that she, as far as the um, current lifters go in this weight class, is trending the best. Yes, but her training looked fantastic going in the world last year, and she didn't quite put together on the platform what training was doing. And I'm saying the same thing again. Like it, I, I, it seems continually like her training is going really well. Her, she just squatted 385, really easy. Um, uh, I'm trying to look at some of the stuff here. I didn't really. I mean, most of the stuff she was posting wasn't indicative of telling me like top end strength. It wasn't like France where she was maxing out. But everything looked good. But I'm going to say the same thing as last year. Everything looked good. And the fact is, too, all of Maria's training looks good. Maria's training actually looks better than it did last year. Um, and she's posting more. We can see a little bit more. She just competed at CPU Nats, but completely sandbagged. She only hit second attempts and passed on thirds. So she legitimately, like, truly did sandbag. She did, a, like, no third attempt. Um, and hit 10.23 off a of second attempt, which is pretty darn good. I mean, if you're adding five to seven and a half kilos on each of those lifts, that's putting her out right at like 1060. And Maria has on multiple occasions performed really well on an international level. Mm -hmm. She was able to pull it out of her body, I believe, last year and got second to joy. Maria had that epic pull to beat out Megan Scanlon. So, and Bobby's one big issue is she's subtotal. She's got to be able to hit a squat and a big bench because her deadlift is going to lag pretty significantly behind where Maria and Joy is. And that's where she is just kind of uh, has a little bit of uh, a disadvantage and, and why I mean, I'm already kind of showing my cards here. I mean, Joy, I think it's likely going to be all three of our favorites. I'm leaning towards Maria for a second because her training is going well. Looking at CPU naps, we see a really solid second attempt meet there with more in the tank. She's generally traveled well and she's generally performed well on a world stage and done really well in particular on deadlifts in the sense of having to be in crunch time. I think the question marks, though, where if I'm taking Bobby versus Maria, I'm taking Maria, but then you've got uh, Evie and Jad, who could be spoilers here. And the, the Evie part, I mean, I'll let, I'll let Solana go into this. I know she definitely researched Evie. New Zealand's back. For those who are newer to powerlifting and don't realize New Zealand was one of the, one of the powerhouses that we've been missing out on for a little bit, um, New Zealand's back. And we don't even have all of the New Zealand lifters. Um, I know Solana just had uh, one of the top New Zealand lifters on her podcast who is not doing Worlds. Um, but New Zealand's got some strong people. And they were making some Corona gains um, while everyone else was competing and they weren't. Um, and we got them back at Worlds now. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. I just had Carlina on. We'll talk. I'm going to share this one in six days. Um, but anywho... Yeah, Evie doesn't have even a ton of training on her IG. Um, she competed last June, so it's been a while. Um, I did see a 424 single for her deadlift that moved pretty really fast. She squatted 364 um, at, an, like, I would call it an 8. Um, she just doesn't really post her bench press, so honestly, she's not posting a ton of stuff. Um, but I still have a predicted like, a 1068-ish total on, like, a really good day. Jod had a good amount of training she was posting, and she just competed in March. Now, the thing is with Jod, she when she competed, she missed that last deadlift, but her deadlift training looks extremely strong going in to the meet. So 
So if she can pull out that last deadlift, she could then pull into potentially battling off a third, but the oh, second, second or third. But that really does kind of come with Bobby, Maria, and Evie have to miss a lift. They really do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking at all four of them, this guy, I mean, Angelo kind of said something. I'm going to use it here. I'm more familiar with Maria and Bobby, especially familiar with Maria because she's been a perennial world's favorite and top three competitor for a long time here. This is going to be close. I mean, if you were to, if you were to tell me that Evie and Jod are getting second and third, I, I think a reasonable argument could be made there. I mean, they are all very close where whoever makes more lifts is probably coming out on top. I think I just trust in this scenario for me. I trust Maria the most um, to be able to do that as well as I like the fact that if we're going Maria versus Bobby, I, I like the fact that Maria is going to be able to have a decent deadlift advantage there. And she just hit uh, a PR on deadlift, hit 420 by three. And I think her best deadlift like 435, which is, that's pretty, that's pretty notable. Um, so I, I think she can have a pretty big deadlift. If not, I mean, I projected 440 to be conservative, but I think if you go over that, it's probably going to even add to it and, and kind of pad the gap. Agreed. The good thing about Jod though is that she also has a big deadlift, so at least she can get some pulling advantage and see where everybody else is by the time we get around to deadlift. Because um, she hit 457 in March, and like I said, she missed 464, but could get it because the strength is there based off her training. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, this is one of the more competitive weight classes when you get into, like, two and three and potentially one, two. Um, I guess uh, I, I guess I'll speak on the Joy Nenamani part as far as her squat goes. I think that, yeah, that definitely threw her off last year, but that's one of the easiest things to fix if I'm a lifter, right? Just, I don't think it helps you a ton. I think you, I think changing your technique on meet day is something you're used to will mess with you, but as far as, like, your actual squat pattern, I don't know if your elbows hitting your thighs is really going to mess you up that much. I think you could take a year off and figure it out from there. So I'm, I'm pretty confident with Joy. It's two, three and, it's two and three that is really giving me fits right now. I agree. How about you, I'm Steve? I'm fascinated by Joy. Well, I'll start you're, it off. You're, the, you're, the, te- I'm, no, I'm you're the technique guy. You're the technique guy, right? Like, so you can – you think it will be a relatively easy fix for Joy to not drive off her elbows? Yes and no. It should be in sense, but the fact of the matter is, is it was this – I don't think she purposed, like – if. If you looked at more of her submaximal lift, she didn't do it. It was like kind of a weird thing where it wasn't so much her elbows. She would just kind of extend at the rib cage, which would pull her elbows down, and then her elbows would start touching. And she wasn't even trying to push off with them. So yes and no. I mean, she is not naturally a very advantaged squatter. So because of that, her elbows are going to touch her thighs likely. It's kind of a David Wilson thing. David Wilson, I don't know if you know this, his elbows touch his thighs every lift. But he gets them off quick. Um, he is borderline in the sense of getting called on that, but he gets his elbows off his thighs quick so it doesn't look like he's actually supporting. Joy's kind of in that same boat where her elbows are going to touch her thighs, and the, I, it, I, I don't think she – yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a hard one to say to where leverage-wise it's probably going to happen. It depends if she's been able to break the habit of letting it kind of uh, continue to push forward. All right. That's a few, even that's with that, I mean, she – 
if she just hits her first squat though, like that once she did at IPF World, like three fifty something, it's still I still have her winning. It doesn't matter too much. I still have her winning because I don't see enough progression from Bobby, Maria, Evie, or Jod. Um, it's just the fact that if Joy can get that squat part down, um, she can make a big difference there. Well, yeah, it's that nasty deadlift. I mean, it's so it's so far above everyone else. Like on subtotal, it's relatively close. Um, when you look at these lifters, then when that deadlift goes wrong, he's just moving weights that I think people didn't really see uh, 57 kilo lifting hit, hitting with his 500 pounds. Like, un- unbelievable. And I, he is one of the best female pullers in the world. And like I said, one of the best female lifters in the world just in general. Um, well, we can start predictions right now if uh if everyone's okay with that unless you want a, another take to put in there i guess i'll start first because i don't think i did yet um i'm gonna go join in Nimani, number one um i i said it to onset i kind of gave away my cards that she's a favorite the real thing here is my two and three you can really mix and match these i'm gonna go bobby butters second um i like what i see from her I think the momentum is going to carry her, and I'm going to go uh, Jod for three. Okay, I'm going to assume I'm second. I'm going Nami first. This is really challenging, but I'm going to give it to Maria T for second, whose training is trending very nicely, and those deadlifts are looking really solid. And then my third place, I'm going to give it to Evie, New Zealand. All right. Okay. I've got Joy first, Maria second, Bobby third. Um, I couldn't disagree with any rotation of those top two, or those, that second and third. Um, I just like Maria because of her experience and then Bobby's trending. Well, I just, I just like where her training's going. Um, so yeah, going to roll with that. All right. And also just my thing with Maria T, um, really trends to show she should win, right? She always gets these crazy situations where she's counted out, counted out, counted out, and then like moves up in a ranking. Uh, Joy had it last year. Um, but Maria just pulls something out to get into a position. I'm just thinking that like this will just be the year that it doesn't happen. Just kind of betting like just, just kind of like it's almost like uh, gambling. You're just fading it. Like everyone's going this trend. Everyone's going this trend. The trend is always Maria does something insane to pull herself into second, third, or first. I think I'm just I'm just gonna get ahead of the curve here, and it's not gonna happen this year. But a pretty colorful predictions uh lots of differences from two to three from the three of us well i think going into this next weight class there won't be any differences between us who's going to get first the above wall is in my opinion i i still think I, we could have a separate debate with best overall female lifter with leah amanda lawrence um she's right up there with amanda i still give it to amanda but leah's dominant in this weight class only thing that's going to hold her back is a weight cut or Kalotagata and she's not there yeah Leah's probably going to run away with that I mean the one thing I'll say with Leah Amanda could be said about this too they've kind of been around the same total for a while and I don't necessarily see anything that tells me like that they're gonna 
go way above that. Leah, every single time we see a bigger total from her, it's when she doesn't cut for like French nationals or something like that. But every single time she cuts, she's been about in the same realm, albeit she's consistent. Like she's, she hits her lift. She obviously can grind out a lift. Um, we know she's going to go probably easily over 1200. I've got her at 1222, which I think would be a PR total if she did that at 63 kilos. Uh, like you said, it's kind of it's less about does Leah win this class and more about her kind of battle with Amanda Lawrence for best overall lifter. Um, that from there though, it is interesting. Um, Chiara Bernardi from Italy, Megan Scanlon from the U.S., and Iris Schulten from the Netherlands. I think there could be some very strong uh, arguments for all three of those lifters placing second. Yeah. The thing I really like right now, Megan Scanlon's bench is going off like crazy. And this is, I mean, this is like a, a new thing since PA Nats. It was going good in the PA Nats, and now it's just going insane. Uh, at PA Nats, she benched 270. She just hit 265 for five. Now, she has developed a fairly short range of motion high arc bench. So she ha- she's going to probably have a disproportionate ability on rep work. So I don't expect that to all of a sudden be a 300-pound bench. But I very much expect a pretty dang big PR bench from her as well. as She cut, she sandbagged a little bit on squat at PA Nats. I don't think she – I think she had more there. Training's going really well, and I honestly – I said it going to PA Nats. She's working with uh, Kelly Mann from Australia, and it seemed to kind of reinvigorate uh, Megan Scanlon um, ever since uh, she's gotten away from Juggernaut. Um, hint, hint, going back to some thoughts there. Um, that I've already mentioned. Um, training's going well. She seems to enjoy powerlifting again. Um, she's constantly posting about how good sessions are going, which was not something that was going on for a while, albeit she did get pregnant. But even before that, like she, she is not trending in a great direction for a little while. Um, I, I just I like where she's going. Um, I should have said too. She benched 286 by three, so 286 would be a six or 17 pound PR over what she did. She squatted 396 for three. She hit 391 at PA Nat, um, and then deadlifted 372 for two. Training's rolling right now. Um, I am very confident right now. I think she's got second. I'll say that right there. I, I really like where she's going. Um, so for me, then it comes down to Kiara and Iris for third. Did you see Meg's 290 bench? If she just posted it, no. If it was after I did this, but. It's, all I know is her bench is going insane. It's, 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 she may be, I said maybe not 300. She may bench 300. But I mean, obviously there's travel involved here and it's IPF and stuff like that. Now her bench is going insane. Um, yeah, the bench is crazy. I mean, she's, she's, she's getting close to reaching Jim Thompson level. That's awesome. All right. So of course, so yeah, Leah definitely looking like first. The main thing with Leah is will she get best overall up there between her mainly and Amanda. And then we just talked about Meg. Shiara competed in March and just did not have the best meet. She went five for nine. So the real question is, <laughs> can she kind of get it together? Like her deadlift looks, uh, in the end of April, she hit a 462 deadlift. It looked extremely hard. It looked like her position was kind of off a little bit, but it looked extremely hard. She had two certified bench that moved well, and that is a PR for her. And then she hit a three- uh, 74 by three squat. And that day, the 462, 275 bench and 374 by three was one SBD session. So that was a pretty strong session that she had in April, right? So 
her training seems to be trending in a good direction. It's really just I don't know what happened on me day, and with bigger travel, will, will whatever happen happen again? And that's what makes me very up in the air with Yara. Um, and then Iris, Iris is in a good spot too. I have her like potentially totaling like a, like in the eleven twenties. Uh, she went eight for nine because we had nationals in March, so her squat was all out. So I don't see her getting any more in the squat. That was four thirty one. Bench looks like she potentially was leaving some in the tank and maybe a bit more on the deadlift, but then she missed that last deadlift. But her second deadlift looks good. So, like, I think she potentially could get that last dead, hit the 430 deadlift, and put her in a really good squat spot. Also, I want to point out, Steve, Meg did miss her last squat at PANS. I don't know what happened, but you said she sandbagged it and she missed the last one. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're correct. Yeah. I, I think I'm thinking 391 looked like she had. I don't know what she went, but I thought she had 402 based off of 391. Yeah, no, she didn't miss that one. Sarah Naldi's, um, she's coming in pretty strong. She's see her getting her third. She's have like the lowest goal here. Um, but she also competed in March by 89. Um, she did get her last deadlift 468. She got it, but then like she got it up and then dropped it at the last second. So I'm like, all right, like I still think she could get that lift, but even with that, like I don't see her fighting for second or third. Um, and yeah, that's all it. Yeah. So I'll talk about Iris. Go, go ahead, Angela. I'll talk about Iris really quick. Well, I was going to bring her up. She was someone that we talked about last year that was, I believe, all nominated totals, like kind of in the same spot, like on the outskirts. And I believe she stuck her way in the top three. Um, mm-hmm. And she was someone I knew about because I coached someone from the Netherlands, and Iris is kind of like the, the queen of the Netherlands. Yeah. And it's just a really good meet day performer. And she travels well. And she grinds well. She does really well on meet day. Um, she did just compete uh, that that uh, 10 10 or 11 10 total um, is what she did, like 64.4. So she would have to cut a little bit. But I really like her game day performances. She's someone that I think shows up on this international stage. And we're not going to see a drop off um, from what she's doing at more of like a, a local or national level. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Iris is a uh, she's a perennial medalist too, right? I think she's medaled a few times at IPF Worlds. Um, could be wrong on that. I know last year he definitely did, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you hit, hit the nail right in the head. Excellent meet day performer. Um, person who, any if you look at her training, does everything right. Handles training well. Um, yeah, this weight class is is a very. I mean. Is very similar, I think, to the 83 males if you combine, you know, the USAPL lifters and the international lifters. It's just like it's such a good weight class for lifters or for female lifters who lift weights, and they're going to fall within that weight range or that, yeah, that weight class range. So you're going to get a really deep pool here. Um, really, I, I would love to give scouting report, but I see a two Italian lifters, and I just want to put them one and two. I, my bias for America is always very strong, but my bias for Italy is stronger as I'm about to open my San Pellegrino um, while we do this thing. So I might just not even look at scouting reports here. Might ignore the other lifters. Fuck, I might put an Italian lifter first just to do it. B- 
Because when I'll be biased towards America, when it comes to Italy, then Italy takes the bias. Um, and Italy does is is on the up and is on the rise as far as team goes, um, especially with female lifters. They have some really good female lifters. I know in the forty-seven kilo weight class, they have a few really good um, uh, team and junior level lifters. So they're growing, and Sarah and Tiara are very good candidates there to get within that range. I think the better of the two is Chiara. Um, I think she's going to get in there. Uh, Bernardi, uh, shout out, uh, or uh, yeah, Bernardi, um, shout out Va- uh, Vikings Veneto. Um, very good lifter. Um, or uh, no, uh, I apologize. Chiara, I think, is coached by Cobb, Cobb Powerlifting, and uh, Sarah's under Vikings Veneto. Good lifters. They also compete in the strictest judging in the world as well. That's a factor. The Italian judging is more strict than IPF judging, so that is always that should be taken into consideration when you get into iffy lifts. If one of these other lifters are iffy as far as depth, bench, or deadlift, Italian lifters won't be. They won't get anything. They won't get away with anything at their own nationals. And then when it comes to IPF world, is actually a little bit more lenient in judging. I love what I see from Megan Scanlon right now, though. Megan Scanlon is looking really good, and she had twins, correct, into her prep of, like, uh, Megan, or not Megan Nationals. I'm confusing them. Yeah. Super Nationals last yeah, Megan year? Megan Nationals last year. Hey. Megan hey. Nationals, I think she has them, like, six months or something at post Maybe, yeah, maybe if you take a year without just having twins, you're going to have incredible rebound. I think that's maybe what we're seeing from Megan. Um, this... Everything is trending in a really good direction for her. I think top three is definitely... I I think the top end for her is going to be uh, in that two range there, and I'm fairly confident she can get that. I just have to cloud my bias for Italian lifters. Which probably... Well, I'm going to point something out about your Italian bias. So, um, looking at last year. So, Iris got second to Leah. Kiara actually out-totaled Iris last year, but was a junior. Yeah. She would have gotten second, because she's only 22, she would have gotten second in the Open if she had done the Open with Iris and Leah. So, um, yeah, just to throw that out there. Yeah, and I think last year, too, was kind of, I mean, one of the storylines that developed after IPF Worlds was one Italian female lifters are, you know, on the rise. And, you know, if you get Colora uh, back, you're looking at a stacked female team. And also on the Italian side, the Italian lifting team, Vikings Veneto, who had to chase down a French lifter for wearing a slingshot under a singlet. So Italians had some storylines last year at IPF Worlds. Um, but I think the, the lead here was the junior lifters that they have. Um, and, uh, Bernardi is, is a very, very good one. It's going to be such a long mountain to climb for her because you're facing one of the best female lifters all the time in Leah Bavall. I mean, if we're not giving her a whole ton of like analysis here, I, I think we like, he'll have a separate debate or something for her and Amanda Lawrence. It's, it's one of those things where if you're such a good lifter, there's not that much to say about you anymore. You're just really fucking good. And we've seen you be really fucking good. The only time we're going to talk more about you if someone challenges you, and I think the best, I think when Sheffield rolls around, that's when you talk more about Leah. 
But um, yep. within this weight class, like you, you really have to talk about second, uh, second and third. And there's a there's a real good roster here. So Solana, unless we have uh, more hot takes or more things to add here, what do you what do you think? All right, so we got Leah first. No surprise. My second, I'm gonna go with C.R. Bernardi, and my third, I'm giving to Megan Scanlon. I will also say, last time Megan competed at IPF Worlds, she told me that she could basically travel at the last second and got to like the day before, so she'll be smart this time, and that's definitely going to be very helpful for her. I'm <laughs> probably not gonna try to travel 24 hours and then compete like six hours later. All right. That would be good. Well, I'm just going to flip-flop those. Leah first, Megan second, Ciara third. I just I just like too much where Megan is. I debated between uh, Ciara and Iris, but um, I just think Ciara has a higher top end there. Um, even if with her missing list, uh, she's still out-totaling Iris. So if she hits her list, um, I, I think she's very well – has a good shot at that uh, third spot. The, the one caveat there – Ciara does have a much bigger deadlift than Megan or Iris, so that definitely does help. But I think Megan's going to subtotal the crap out of everyone and going to get second. I think she's going to put up something just nutty in regards to subtotal with what her bench is doing right now. Yeah. All right. Number one, Leah Beauvoir. Number two, Bernardi, Forza Italia. And three, Megan Scanlon. And righty. And hopefully next year I'm talking about not France uh, winning the female side, but Italy winning the female side. I think the tides are starting to turn for the Italians, um, especially on the female side of powerlifting. Um, all right, 69 kilo weight class, an interesting one because I think even if you go into last year, it was the new eight weight class that was added, and you had Chandler Babb just all of a sudden become the favorite to win. She's been successful in every federation she's been in. She's only known wins and victories and national championships and world championships, called it a Grand Slam champ last year. But now you're seeing more people get into this weight class and find that the weight class is comfortable for them. And right now she's got her hands full with a real, real tough field um, at IPF Worlds. Yeah, this is... This may be one uh, This is one of the classes that has a tighter first place battle. And it's really between Chandler and uh, Marte Jenner. Uh, that was the name last year that on Two White Lights we talked about. Um, and she almost helped me to a fantasy victory. Yeah. Um, well, I was close. And she was probably my big one. So I think I got her in the last round. Um, she was on no one's radar. And I believe got second to Chandler. Beat Kim Walford. Uh, beat Anna Castellano. Um and the thing is, since then, her training continues to take off. Mm-hmm. Um, she totaled 11.96, which is 33 pounds over what Chandler did at USBI. Albeit Chandler did leave a little bit in the tank at USBI. Um, Marta or Marte is on uh, just a roll right now. Um, squatted 4.18, and she said it felt like an opener, and her best squat ever is 4.30. Um, Deadlifted 506, which is over her PR, but it was on bumpers. Um, bench 282, which is 12 pounds over her best meet uh, with a good pause. Traveled well last year, albeit wasn't the same distance, but she did have to travel. Um, 
Yeah, it's going to be between Tra- Chandler and, and Marte. Now, the thing with Chandler, uh, I would probably lean into her a bit more if it wasn't for, I, I mean, I don't think I'm saying anything she wouldn't say. I mean, she's training under some odd conditions right now. She moved down to USBI for school. The gym she's at isn't optimal. She has to put uh, steps down to squat on that are not very stable. With that being said, she's doing well. She said the 380 for three squat she just did. I think she just said that was one of the best it's ever felt. She deadlifted 500 recently. Training's still going well. It definitely is not going bad. I just don't know if I see it on the same trajectory and trend line, as we'll call it this year, trend line being the, the phrase of the year, as Marte is. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. Like, Marte is definitely going strong. She went 9 for 9 in March. Training's going really well. She actually had a 424 squat speed like two days ago. I would say it moves like a second attempt. Um, it was a really solid 424. Uh, she just did a 512 deadlift all by on bumpers, so I'm going to bump it down slightly for like, you know, kilos. His bumpers and kilos are very different. And then for Chandler, like, her training is going good. I just don't think so. Like, I don't really see like, in tick, just like she's doing the same kind of as she has been for a while. And she's dealing apparently with some bicep pain from low bar. I don't know how bad that is. I don't know how much that's affecting her. Um, she mentioned that it hurt her during, during her bench press. So I just see her not really having a much bigger meet than USBI National February, personally. So would you guys call us a two-horse race? Would you, uh, that's what I was going to get into. Yeah, we got sure. a two-horse race, and then yeah. like kind of the drop-off well, there is the battle for to actually get a medal. Yeah, third is a five-horse race. First yeah. is a two-horse race. I mean, Marte and Chandler are at least 20-plus kilos over the next five, which is Ivana, Clara, Agnes, Kristen Dunsmore, and Chelsea Savitt. That is a very interesting battle. That's all within like 10 kilos of each other. But Chandler and Marte are kind of in a league of their own here. Uh, honestly, they were in a league of their own last year, too. Like, that battle wasn't close between what we thought. We thought it was going to be Chandler, Anna, and Kim, and that battle wasn't close. The close battle was Chandler versus Marte, and the thing is just Marte is just, I mean, I, I, I do uh, coefficient score stuff, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, if we're looking at Leah and Amanda as, like, tier one, and then we've kind of got tier two as, like, Marte, uh, uh, Tiffany Chapone, and Jessica B- uh, Bittner as, like, the next here um and Marte is kind of joining that mm-hmm. yeah I would agree with you just want to get your guys takes on that um because I think there are definite outliers there Chandler Babb I believe I predicted her to win last year that is always going to be a pet on my back um especially when they had the competition that was kind of sur- surrender uh surrounded by Anna and um Kim Walford and Chandler Babb went out there and won quite easily it was a decisive victory i think they had i think last year did they have like uh the graphics made of just like anna versus kim the big rivalry none of them win is chandler bam yeah, yeah. i love shit well, like kudos that. To you. I, I love I, shit like that. i find it funny you hyped her up for the last year and a half but seemingly you <laughs> you're the one she gets into arguments with yeah. more than anyone yet you're the one that gave her the grand slam title Two White Lights is the one that noticed her first out of any well, of the podcasts. You're the one that actually predicted her to win, yet you two are always getting in fights somehow. It was one. It was one fight. It was one argument. And I think it just goes to show, no matter what, my personality just 
eventually comes to surface. I could give all the compliments in the world. I could say all these things. But then once you just see me enough times, you're like, he's a prick. So I got to argue with him. He says something I disagree with, so I got to argue with him. I'm a big Chandler Babb fan still. Um, I mean, it was such a it was a meaning, meaningless argument um, that I was a smartass about. And I still will be because I don't know what he wanted to me to do, aside from mention all the people I've ever had an argument with into a story post. Um, but... I, I, yeah, like I'm still a massive Chandler Bab fan, and I just I just love stuff like that when they make a like a billboard or a, a graphic highlighting one matchup, and then the person who's not even featured on the graphic wins. That is that is like Chef's kiss to me. The the best thing uh, that happens in sports sometimes is when they're not even focusing on the certain lifter and they end up winning. And that was Chandler last year. And, and I, I actually, you could make the same argument uh, about uh, Marte. Like, just no one really put her in there, but she was ended up getting second. Um, yeah, it's going to be really – I mean, the predictions are going to come between those two. But uh, looking at third, you have a very interesting battle. And let's look at Team USA right now. Uh, Kristen and Chelsea – Repeating the right next to Keiko and Mitchell is the biggest battle of powerlifting America. And it was a really interesting one because Kristen coaches Kelsey, correct? Yeah. I still don't know how that works. How is this going to work? I mean, I guess at Worlds it's easier. But (laughs) at that that meet, too, they didn't discuss it. Kristen wrote about it. They didn't discuss attempt selection. They both had separate handlers. They did their own thing. They were cool with it. Chelsea had a down meet, though, specifically on deadlift. It did not go well. Um, her deadlift looks like it's going decent now. And honestly, if her deadlifts just go decent, they're right back to, like, neck and neck. And then they're neck and neck, in, in particular, I feel like, with Clara and Ivana. Ivana was third in the 63s last year. And that's something to note. 63. She's now 69. Hasn't competed since, since December. Um she posted some training. She she had benched 236 for two, which is a bit over uh, what she's done in a meet. I didn't see anything that would notate, like, this the, the possible weight gain has, like, been making her numbers blow up. But that is notable that likely she's going to be coming in slightly underweight with some room to spare since she is coming up a weight class. She's coming in with the highest nominated total. She's been in these situations before, got third last year in the 63s. But, I mean, bringing up Kristen – I know her big goal was to come back because she never really got to do the world experience. She came in hurt and mm-hmm. really didn't get to truly compete. Um, she's coming in nominated uh, six, but I don't think I consider her six. I, I, I consider her probably, in my opinion, with Ivana as the favorite for third place. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of flip back and forth between those two on who I think is going to take it. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. Kristen, the big thing for her is because she's still dealing with the same glute injury that had her suffer the potential with the world. So the big thing is, like, it, it, how under control will that be at the meet? Because it definitely affects her squat a lot. And so if she feels good, I think she can push out a decent squat. Because um, I saw her hit, I believe she just hit, oh, she hit 380 at PNS. It moved really smoothly. And I feel like she could even push like 400 if her glutes not bothering her. But if not, then we'll see what happens. Chelsea, um, I was looking at her post, and she seems to mentally really struggle with deadlifts. So, and then also, I don't know if you guys know, when she went to Worlds, 
2019, I think she went to school. Um, she filled out last Della, but she got she picked it up, got it, held it, and then let go of it at the last second. So yeah. like that's been like a mind mess with her for like a long time. Yeah. So the real question is, tell me about Can it. she actually just nail her deadlift? Because mm-hmm. I personally think she's so defeated with her deadlift that she's gonna not do well. Yeah, I I um, would you say I will get to Chelsea in a second. I want to get back to Kristen here. Would you say this is the best her training has looked post injury? Because I say it is. Yeah. I I like this. Yeah, I mean it's been her trajectory at. Nationals last year, much more than uh, or um, this go around the Nationals last year. And that's when she switched from juggernaut to data-driven strength. <laughs> yeah, I told you I was going to bring it up a couple times. Well, that's your third time, so I I don't know. Yeah. Is it going to have 76, 84, 84 plus? Is going to happen again? It might, but very. That is actually a very good point. I know Nationals was not a good meet. In that circumstance. No, Nationals, uh, Super Nationals, not Powerlifting America Nationals for Kristen. It was going great. (laughs) You lift the team, and they can't uh, execute their job with a hammer on me today, so. Yeah. It was going great. We're we're alluding back to Kristen. I think she would have gotten second or third last year, but for some reason, attempt selection was very, very odd. Seemingly, someone wasn't paying attention. I don't know the story there, but obviously she's now with, I believe, Zach from Data Driven Strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I agree. Things are going well. They've been consistent. It sounds like she's not 100%. The glute may just be, like, a nagging thing, but, like, it seems like they have actually, like, found ways to, to train versus, again, she's, she seems to find enjoyment in training. Um, so I, I would really love to see her get third. Just like I said, my biggest hiccup here is Ivana has the higher total. She's done it. Um, did it last year at World. I think she did about the same total Kristen did at PA Nats, but Ivana did it at World. And Ivana now is coming up a weight class, and that's the big difference there. And the other one, too, pro- I mean, we've got Agnes Rudin from Sweden um, and then Clara Peyrude from France. I think Clara is the one that I put kind of in that picture, too. I think she's got a little bit more ground to make up, and she just competed, and they were, like, all max lifts. Like, it, it was, that was all she had. And I didn't really see anything since then that would tell me that, like, she can do anything higher than that. So it's hard to kind of gauge her at that. Um, but, I mean, I've got her within the same 5 to 10 kilos of where Ivana and Kristen and Chelsea are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Laura had, like, maybe two and a half more kilos squeeze out on her bench and dead. Squat now. But, like, I think she could squeeze out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, besides that, then you have Ivana, like you said, moving up a weight class, which puts her in a good position to get a solid total. Mm-hmm. And we have Agnes, competed in March all PRs, but eight for nine, missed the last squat. Her second attempt was a grinder. And then, especially like there may have been a little more, and then it was a full on RP10. So we kind of can see where Clara and Agnes are based off their recent competitions. Yeah, I think with that potential in that third place spot, I think my brain says Ivana, but I definitely want Dunsmore to win that third place spot just because of the whole situation that occurred at IPF Worlds. Um, It's a really difficult thing just to go to IPF Worlds and compete hurt and knowing that you're not going to do well. 
and have to take token lifts when he made a travel. Um, it's it's got to be a dip. I, I I've never experienced it, but I imagine that to be very difficult. Um, and I'll be pulling for her to win. Also, Team USA. I like to see Team USA get it. But Ivana, that's a hard. That is a really hard person to beat. Someone who did well at national or worlds last year and moving up a weight class. You get stronger when that happens. You're gonna put something on your total. So. I, I mean, I often make decisions with not my brain, but my heart, um, as as many people around me know. Uh, yeah, but I, I, don't, I, but also going to that first place battle there too. I'm at a, I'm at a, I'm at a predicament because I now, like that is all. It's actually a very similar situation. Uh, Marte first Chandler. My brain's telling me Marte, but my heart's telling me Chandler. I feel like Chandler's carried you to some wins over the Oracle on predictions, and if you go against her now, you deserve she deserve you deserve for her to fight with you. Yeah, and she'll probably win that fight. Um, and also if we, I mean, if I was going, if she was U.S. Team USA, I would pick her all day, like ten times out of ten. Now that she's USVI. I can only pick her nine times out of ten, so that sucks. But you know what? Well, yeah, I'm which, gonna go with my Which one of these now. ten is it? Uh, this one. Yeah, which one of the tens is it? <laughs> nah, this one. Because I mean, now I'm just I'm thinking about it a little bit more. With Mark, I'm just thinking about the 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 momentum that she has is is really really good right now. I mean, it's it's just as good as Chandler's was last year, right? We were looking at Chandler and just how she just it, when this in. It was weight class was introduced. She immediately became the best in the world, just right at that moment. I think the same thing is happening with uh, with Marte right now. Is that she's building something where she can be the best sixty nine kilo lifter? And I mean, if she wins, it won't su- surprise me. But I guess I'll give my prediction now with Chandler Babb. Can't go back on it. Can't go away from the prediction. Gonna stick with Chandler Babb. Uh, then I'll have Marte, and then I'll have again. If I'm gonna make a decision based on my heart with number one, I gotta do it with three, two. Kristen Dunsmore. Let's get uh, USVI, Virginity Rocks, and Team USA in the podium. I'd love to now, see it. Um, I've got. I'm got a little different. I'm gonna go Marte first. I just think it's undeniable the uh, the trend and the the proje- uh, trajectory she's on. Chandler solidly in second, and I want Kristen to win or uh, get third. I really want her to. If you go off of emotion and the heart, I go off of analytics, which means I'm going with Ivana though for third. Yeah, I figured. Alrighty, so I'm also gonna go with Marte for first place just based off numbers and her mark me was excellent. Chandler for a solid second. Oh, third place. Um, I'm going to go with what I originally put down. I'm going to go with Ivana for third. I want to be Kristen, but I'm going to go with Ivana. All right. So we just have a few non-patriotic people in this, uh, in this preview show. So, I would say I'm ashamed, but I like you guys too much to say that. But we good here? 
Yes. Yeah. And I'm completely fine with you being ashamed. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies so, and gentlemen. In 76. Hold on. Hold on. I was going to go to another I, I, I'm doing the same thing you are. I, I, I already had something. God Let me roll it. with it. I you have something. sucks about YouTube? I can't edit this out. Because this is an awkward white That's guy moment. good. You don't want to edit it out. You don't want to. This is this is what the people want. All right. We're both going for the yeah. same thing. Segway it. Segway I'm it. I'm fighting you for it, though. Segway it. Hey, I can't wait to see it. We're about to, we're about to get into the 76s. Honestly, one of the most interesting weight classes with the addition of, of Agatha Sitko. 19 years old, just came on the scene, new lifter. But before that, I was a new lifter at one point. Interesting story. I actually ran into, his name's Putt Houston. I ran into him, actually, we were on the same flight to the Arnold. He's the one that actually kind of took me under his wing and taught me how to squat, bench, and deadlift. Spent like three hours with me, three Sundays in a row, and really kind of taught me. Um, Fun fact about him, uh, he put ammonia salt in his eyeballs when he lifts. I've actually seen him when he's spotting and loading do it. Would literally sprinkle the salt into his eyeballs and not even flinch. I've also seen him slap Micah Marino where Micah Marino almost passed out because he was Micah Marino's original coach. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend that. Would you Would you recommend something else to do with ammonia salt, Angelo? Before we get into that, I want to get that guy on the podcast just to talk to him. Seems like an interesting character. <laughs> he on it. He act. He actually would be very fun because before there was lifting cast and all this stuff. He actually was pretty big in powerlifting. People would hire him to be the platform manager, and he would get flown to meets all over the country to be the platform manager. Because that was before you had like anything to tell you what to load or all that kind of stuff. He's actually he actually wouldn't be a he'd be a even though the fact is I don't know if he under, knows what a podcast is. He doesn't have social media. He doesn't do anything, but he's an awesome dude. Yeah, you uh, should get one so I can see that. But you know what? I don't know if obsidian ammonia smelling salts would recommend that you put smelling salts in your eyes. I prefer smelling it. I prefer sniffing it. I prefer opening it just a little bit and then breathing. And as my nose hits the lid, boom, that's all I need. And obsidian smelling salts will definitely hit that right spot. They have the best smelling salts in powerlifting. There's no question about it. And they have different types, too. They have a lot of different... Uh, types of uh, sense, strength, uh, gets spicy, gets medium spicy, gets really spicy with some. I know a lot of people are really liking the sour strips right now. They have a lot of them. I love the company. They sponsor powerlifting meets. There's not enough great things you can say about Obsidian Smelling Salts. Get yourself some smelling salts. Go to HypeDust.com. Use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money. Get one for your gym and get one for yourself. Buy two of them. Put one in the chalk jar and keep one in the gym bag, just in case. Just in case someone takes it. Again, Tim Thibodeau, I believe, took my smelling salts at 2019 Nationals, and I have not yet forgiven him because it was Obsidian. Make sure to use that promo code 2WL15, and let's talk about 76 kilo lifters. I think the most competitive weight class in all of IPF worlds, including the 93 kilo men. Do you agree with that, Steven? Nope. Okay. Solana, how about you? Strong nope. <laughs> yes, I agree. All right. Okay. Why don't you I'm, I'm going to say it before you can. I do not think this is going to be very close. Why? All right. Let's get well, into good. it. Let's get into I, it, I Steve. think Why? it is a very intriguing matchup. I do not think it's going to be very close. Okay. You have changed my opinion. I now think the 93 kilo weight class is... 
I'm I'm easily convinced, obviously. Um, why won't well, it be close? The thing is, we just saw what Jessica Bittner did. Yes, we did. She travels well. She does not we she travels maybe better than anyone. Like her traveling has zero effect somehow. I don't know how. I don't know if she gets there early. No effect because what we see her do at Canadian Nationals or local meet, she does on the ITF stage. She did it in 2019 when she was going off against Kim Walford, had a massive meet, did it last year. Um, the meet she just had, she had, other than bench press, she had way more. Like, I'm talking, I think, probably 10 more kilos on squat and 10 more kilos on deadlift. And if that's the case, I don't think it's close. Now, the legend of Agatha, Agatha, it's pretty crazy. Agatha I don't know if you all, Agatha Sitko, I don't know if you all heard, she did, she, one, apparently she does SBD days six days a week. Mm-hmm. She just competed, did a multi-ply meet, the next day did an SBD day, and then the day after competed raw. So I may eat my word, but the fact is she's kind of totaled the same thing multiple meets in a row now, I think she's pretty solidly at like this 567 and a half or 560 something kilo total. And I think Jessica's going 575 to 580. And I don't have too much more. I don't have, I don't think I have any more confidence in someone than Jessica to do what I predict. Mm -hmm. I think Jessica is a lock for doing that. Ooh, the mortal lock of the week. Steve Denovi saying Jessica Bittner. That's a big one right there. How about you, Solana? What do you think? So, I definitely think Jess is taking first because um, her meet she just did was just incredible. And you're right. Like, I predict her at, like, at least, like, seven and a half kilos more on the squat and dead and then maybe two and a half more on the bench because she's on no benching. That's fine. Agatha, she's crazy. Um, she, I feel like she just – I have no idea what she's going to do because she's doing all – so many meets and she's training so much. I did just hear about the six SPD days recently. And I was like, this is a miss. I don't even know if that's real life. But when I look over at her actual meets that she does raw, like she does tend to miss at least one, if not two, when she competes raw compared to single. So I'm just like, there's potential that she can have some misses there. But it's this tough one. And then Kim Walford... And- her, she's eating into the meat, mm-hmm. which is really convenient. She's eating into the meat, and her squat and her bench are going really well because she just hit a 418 squat that used to be her, that was like her third attempt recently, like a meat prior, and that was like our, like that was like an opener. And then she just Larson pressed like 242.5 by two, and her best ever, or her best before that was 248, and Larson 242. So she's really building hard into his meat, and she's not showing any deadlifts. And I'm wondering if she's not showing any deadlifts because her deadlift may have gotten like a really big chunk up, but it's a mystery. I I would be more confident in saying Kim will beat Agatha than Agatha will beat Jess. I could see Kim being Agatha. And I love that Kim's gone up a weight class. Yeah. Um, seemingly at 69 or uh. Yeah, seemingly at 59 or before 72. 69 just seemed a little too low for her. Obviously, she was 72 for a long time. 69, she just didn't seem to be able to bring the performance she was she's capable of. She looks good at 76. The fact is, she's going to get to take a pull. And, and going back to Agatha, 
when you SBD six days a week, to be able to time peak strength is incredibly difficult. That's coming from like I, I coach Sean. He benches six days a week. It's much harder to time the peak of strength when you do six sessions a week than when you do two or three. Much harder to do that. As well, as I'm just going to be frank. Uh, uh, maybe some people won't like this take. Um, she's 19. I worry for her future, unfortunately, doing six SBD days a week and doing what she's currently doing. Um, I think she could still have a great meet here. I just, the, the, the more I hear of the legend, the more it makes me worry about what the legend is doing. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's probably a, that would be a red flag. I think if I was say talking to an American lifter who is 19 years old and are telling about six SBD days a week, male or female, it would be like, maybe you don't want to do that for the foreseeable future. I have no idea what to make of her. Only thing is incredibly strong. But aside from that, I can't give a prediction. 19 years of age, been on the scene for a while, kind of a phenom lifter. But again, I don't know what to make of a lifter within this weight class. Um, Or just like as far as predictions go, you can't. You just I I, I he's um she's fascinating to me. That's that's the word I'll use. Fascinating. Like everything there is just interesting, and you really can't uh give it like a really good quantified thing when going against a person like Jessica and Kim, who are Kim is considered a goat by a lot of people. Jessica, I think, is at a point where he's going to get it. And then I hear last meet at CPU Nationals was an unbelievable one, a, a beautiful meet, wonderfully executed. And also, I think the weight cut isn't going to be as bad this time because she already cut that weight down. He might get to reverse diet into her next or into IPF Worlds, which will be great for her. And also, I think this is a this is just a, a complete assumption on my part. I think her being diabetic actually helps her at times. Uh, with that travel and the wake up, because you have to be on top of everything. If you're a diabetic, you're, you're like forced to it. You really can't uh, neglect any of it. So I think that actually helps her traveling where um, her nutrition's on point also coached by Eric Helms. So that'll definitely be a, uh, a big benefit on her end. Um, Kim Wolford, I completely agree, though. Love the fact that he's in this weight class. And also, it's just great to see someone go 69 kilos. It's like, okay, meat didn't go well and knew exactly what the problem was and then goes up 76 and totals come up. And for someone like Kim, longer you can stay within the top three range, the more incredible it is. Like, these are conversations if we had two white lights – in 2015, we'll we'll be having Kim Wolford top three in, into a weight class. We keep on having these conversations, and in the 76 kilo weight class, I actually wasn't aware that she was moving up to 76 until after Powerlifting American Nationals, and I was excited to hear it because that just makes this weight class more exciting. I do agree with you, Steve, though, because of Jessica Bittner's most recent meet, it does take a little bit of the intrigue out of this weight class and kind of place it onto the 93 because you have some idea what Jess is going to hit. Um... But yeah, I 
I'm I'm excited also to see Dana McNeil power up the America with a massive deadlift. Um, who do you think is gonna have the biggest deadlift out of these females? That's what I was looking Jessica. at. I was. I was gonna say I'd say Jessica it's and then Jessica. I'm gonna Jessica say, Cam than Dana. Yeah, I'm I would say, say I think I would Cam say Dana. like sweet. And, and I would say Dana's second because I know she can grind a deadlift for about 45 seconds. She can. <laughs> it was I fully agree. One of the craziest things I've ever seen. Grind. Yeah. Well, I I only witnessed one in person, so therefore I'm going to go with uh, Dana McNeil. Um, so would you say is there all right, so we mentioned those lifters there. Would you say anyone um who are out of that conversation break into the top three or is it a three person race? I think it's pretty solidly a three person race. Dana, Vilma and Sophia Vilma Olsen and Sophia Ellis, all very strong. I, I don't see them they're kind of like the next tier. Like if there was a fourth place, we'd have a pretty good battle for fourth place. I mean, if we're doing that, there's a pretty good battle for fourth place there, but Top three, uh, Agatha, Jessica, and Kim. I, I think that's pretty much a lot there. I, I can't really see much change. Also, I'm going to make a point here. I'm going to make a point here. Um, I thought Carlina was going to do Worlds. And I kind of based, that, based my decision that 76 is going to be the most crazy weight class because of that. Now that she's not, it's just one less amazing competitor. And that does factor in because I think at 93 kilos – you have about six, six really good competitors in a world. Carlina, Carlina, I don't know if I'd say Jess was a lot. Exactly. So now oh, that she's out of it. Yeah, uh, I just recorded a podcast with her. It's unfortunate. Basically, what happened, she did not sign up because COVID got really bad right when it's time for her to sign up. And she, as a doctor, was like, I don't think this is a good time. I think we're going to shut down again. She's going to get busier being a doctor. And then the uptick went right back down really fast, but it was like right after her chance had passed to like sign up. And then she tried to ask, but it was like just past the deadline. So it is what it is, but she would have had she not been nervous about COVID. Okay. So, all right. That, that answers that then, because I'm like, because when you told me wasn't doing worlds, I was like, it seemed like that was definitely a lock to happen. I don't understand why, um, so that makes sense there, but yeah, it does take, I mean, still, I probably, I, I will still say the best female weight class as far as competitiveness goes. Um, if she was added in this mix, it would have been fantastic to see. Um, yeah. And like you said, Sophie Ellis, uh, Bill Olson, fantastic lifters, but I think we have a clear, uh, one, two and three right now. So do we want to give these predictions or any, uh, anything else to say about these lifters? No, I was going to say about Dana. One thing that I wish she would do, she does not fill out this big class. She's, like, six pounds under. And, like, when I talk to her, like, it just seems like she doesn't, like, prioritize nutrition highly enough. And I just – she would gain weight. And I want to see what that do for her school. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. Maybe next year she'll get it if she'll change that. But she really is super casual about, like, her weight. Okay. And I think it's uh, hurting her a lot. Yeah. That'll definitely help the bench press. That's for sure. Um, that's – I mean, I'm, I I feel you, Dana. Being good at two lifts and then not be great at the, the second one, you know, and then kind of getting yourself behind some world-class lifters. But, yeah, and I guess we have the same thing. Like, if we gain weight, that probably would help the bench a little bit there. But uh, prediction time. Let's start with Steve. 
I think you already kind of gave right. us it, but yeah, so I didn't make it clear with my initial take that this is not as competitive as people think. I got Jessica first. I really want to say Kim second, but I, I can't deny that Agatha's doing some crazy things right now, and it would take Kim a lot to be able to beat her. Although Kim is going to have probably an easier time traveling, since so she's going to probably be well into the class. I'm still going to go Agatha, though, and then I'll go Kim third. Um, I could easily shake those up, but I think that's based okay. off of numbers that seems like the picks that I think are, I'm confident in. Yeah, I think that's a relatively relatively good explanation there. I'm going to go Bittner first. I could, I could pick Sicko first just because I kind of like making fun of Jessica Bittner. Just like to do it. Like, see, like I want to see if I can get the Canadian angry. But well, do uh, it and then say Gage is actually the one that made the pick. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll call Gage in right now. But uh, yeah, I want to see because he out Canadian me on the uh, podcast. So um, I also put Jessica Bittner first. Uh, I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna go Kim second, and I'm gonna go Agatha Siko third here. Um, I'm excited to see Kim. I think a second place uh, medal would be great for her. It would be good to see. And I think it's more of a familiarity thing. Agata, I again, like I said, I don't know what to make of all the things that I've heard. And we all know what Kim can do, you know? So that would uh, that's going to be the rationale behind my pick. I'm going Jessica Bittner first. I'm giving Kim Walford second. I'm giving her second because I'm seeing a nice trend going up in the squats and the bench. She's not doing the deadlift. I am hoping to God that's because it's going so well she doesn't want us to know about it. And also, just I know like at her last or at last year's ICF Worlds, like a lot of that, like she had bad performance. A lot of that was a lot of stress getting all those USCI lifters and I talked to her afterwards, she was like, I was I was the only person getting all them in. I was working a lot to get them in and the stress was heavy. And as I look back at it, that was really hurting just like her overall quality of life. And now I know life is better. So I'm giving her second. I'm giving Agata third. And I truly have no freaking idea what she's gonna do. Agata. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I guess I, I think the person I'm looking forward to watching most is Agatha because what, what, who knows is going to happen there. Um, all right, sp- we are talking about IPF Worlds, and I gotta say I'm si- excited to see that Stoic is going to have Chance Mitchell represent its team. I believe our first IPF, yeah, definitely our first IPF Worlds lifter, guys. Stoic is growing, and there's a reason why. There's a reason why they're getting more athletes, world-class athletes too, IPF World's lifters as well. It's because they have quality equipment. Go to lift.net, get yourself some Stoic gear, sleeves, wrist wraps, knee sleeves. I also saw they got a little custom-made Chance Mitchell Stoic jacket. That's looking fantastic with the uh, with the American flag. I love seeing it. Go on Stoic or go on Lift.net, get yourself some Stoic gear. Use that promo code Angelo10. I know it's kind of weird giving Chance a shout out and then telling you guys 
not to use his discount code and use mine, but it's my podcast, so that's what I'm going to do. Use promo code ANGELO10 to save yourself some money and also root Chance Mitchell on, who is competing at IPF Worlds, representing Team America. And keep, keep your eyes out. Chance hinted at it. There might be some prototypes coming out for some new products from Stoic. Yeah, and also I'm going to keep my eyes open because there's like a lot of different things that that could be, and I'm not quite sure on what it exactly is yet, which is, means I'm going to be surprised. You no don't? What. I actually know. Damn, what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> I don't know he, shit. He posted that there's a prototype, but then on his close friends, he actually said what it was. Oh, bitch, Chance Mitchell. Yeah, I'm not on his close friends anymore, <laughs> huh? All right, cool, Chance. Keep me off of close friends. Fucking, that's how you treat a stoic athlete? Forget it. Don't use his discount code ever. Use only promo code ANGELO10. Now I'm upset. <laughs> now I'm livid. Now I'm angry. Now this whole 84 kilo female weight class is going to suffer because well, I'm going to be I'll in a I'll tell you what your prototypes time. are soon enough. I'll tell you after the episode off I don't air even with the uh, know prototype anymore. Our- apparently I'm not that important to the company. They, they couldn't tell yeah, me you're, what you're, the prototype you're was. You're so, yeah, I guess I'm guess guess when they added Sean Noriega, Petrie, and fucking Chance that Angelo is down to tier two now. I got to beat Nori now. Just to assert my dominance again. All right. Well, 84 kilos. Sorry. Okay. Horrible intro for 84. Hey. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, this is, I'm saying, I don't mean any offense. This is probably one of the least eventful classes. Like first and second is pretty much like set in stone. And they're not close either. This is the same thing as Leah. We got Amanda Lawrence. She's going to win this. As long as she hits her opener, she's going to win. Like, it's, it's a matter of, like, what she does. And then in second, we've got Kristen Thorhall's daughter from Iceland. She's, like, very solidly in second place. Like, I don't think anyone's getting close to her either within, like, 30 to 40 kilos. But she's also, like, almost, like, 70 kilos away from Amanda. So, like, it's Amanda than Kristen. Like, there's not really much to do there. Kristen just competed recently, had a pretty good meet. Um, I think she's pretty solidly on pace to do a little bit better. Amanda, Amanda's kind of been, we talked about with Leah too. Amanda and Leah kind of been in the same kind of general area for a while. Looking at Amanda's training, the one thing I will say, her deadlift looks good. She just hit, what, a 580 something, 584 deadlift in training. Um, squatted 551 pretty easy. Um, now, Amanda didn't, now, if we go back to 2019, Amanda traveled decently well. I think she traveled as well last year. That wasn't her best meet. It sounded like there was actually some, like, possibly some oddly, like, she had, like, a stomach issue. She was actually, like, throwing up before squats or something. Yeah, I heard that as well. I think, wasn't it happening at uh, Nationals, too? I don't know. I remember, though, for Nationals that she also just had some injuries that she was going through. She, she had a hip injury for Nationals. Yeah. Hip injury I, for Nationals, for sure. I would I would have to assume that also lingers in, but and then you think of it, she still wins best overall lifter. Yeah. Right? So, like, yeah. God And she won it last year, too. And she's also, again, just like last year, going to know what Leah did. Yeah. yeah. So, I... Because I arguably that's the reason Amanda won last year is she knew exactly what she had to put on the bar. Where if we're in a Sheffield position, who knows what happens? Because it's going to be in the sense of no, I shouldn't say Amanda probably will still know because Amanda's going to pull last in that situation. But she's going to have it again. But I, I very much feel like she's going to go fourteen hundred plus. But I, I don't know if with the travel and everything and where I see training, 
she's kind of been chasing that 1444 that she did at that Minnesota local meet back in like late 2020, I think it was, and just hasn't replicated, or maybe early 2021, hasn't replicated that again. Either way, she's going to run away with that. So I don't know if you have anything to add in the sense of the Amanda and, and Kristen uh, commentary, but I mean, those seem pretty much one, two. I, I think Amanda needs someone in her weight class to push her. Yeah. Right. It's, I, I'm only speaking out of assumption here, but like just not getting pushed within your own weight class. I think it, it's hard to push it into the extra gear. You know, we saw the extra gear. Remember with Daniela Mello, there was an extra gear there that she found and became the best female lifter in the world. And both of them were at the top there. So then you like you're it's a weird situation, I think. This is why I'm always been a more of a fan of the head to head matchups, even in the USAPL Pro series. I like nationals when it's head to head matchups within weight classes. Because you don't have to do this thing like, well, Leah competes the day before. So we're pretty close on strength. We just are going, like, I'm just going to dictate my lifts based on that for best overall lifter. Um, I think, though, if you get someone within this weight class who can push Amanda Lawrence to um, to another total, you're, I mean, you're looking at stuff that's, like I said, uh, or you know, what I've said in the past, unprecedented. I think you're going to see a 600-plus pound squat, uh, deadlift from her um, if that happens. But right now, like, domestically, internationally, Amanda Lawrence is Amanda Lawrence. Um, walking away with that uh, within this weight class, and the the matchup's going to be at Sheffield. I agree. We have a little bit of a battle for third place, which is yeah. nice. We have Marina Almada, hopefully I said it right, and Danielle Phillybert from Kenza. And Marina just had a good meet at the Arnold Grand Prix literally in March, um, her, oh, everything moved like she had more than things. She had a 418 squat, a 242 bench, and a 507 deadlift. And they all moved like, I feel like she could have easily added another five keys to the squat, to the dead, and bench, bench was actually more of a push. Um, so I actually have her totaling maybe like 1190, just because she has smooth meat. And then you have Danielle Philibert. Um, completed in May. Her so the big thing for Danielle is that squat. I'm assuming it was a depth issue. I did not find footage of her actual competition, but I did see her squats in general, and they all look like she is not hitting depth. And so my question is, will she fix that problem? Because she went one for three on squat, and then she had great bench and deadlift. And if you go to IPF World, they're not going to be any easier on you with squat depth. So I don't know if she's going to lose some kilos because she has squat lower or she can fix it um so between those two i have like 10 pound difference in their total with me kind of giving danielle like a lower squat like a 435 this kid 4.1 a 435 squat just to me get she has like her first and maybe second or third and i think marina marina can edge her out and just to clarify one thing marina did the brazilian arnold's grand prix not the U.S. one. Yeah. So if you're, if someone's confused by that, she did the Brazil one. So I'm leaning. That's going to be super close. I'm leaning towards Danielle. I don't know what happened, but she only went one for three on squat and still totaled 11.75, which is more than Mar- Marina did at the Arnold Grand Prix in Brazil. I, I don't know if it was depth. I don't know if it was a strength issue. 
I'm not sure there. I, I'm just kind of guessing it was depth. I feel like, let me look this up again. I feel like she went up in weight, and that's why I was thinking that. Let's see. Well, I saw her squat, and they look high. Oh, okay. So it looks like she missed her opener, likely on depth. She then came back and hit it, then jumped to 446 and missed that. So based on attempt selection, she thought she had like 450 to 460. There was just a depth issue. If she hits like 450 and she, like, let's say 460 can't happen because she's going to correct depth and she's going to go deeper. If she hits 450, that pushes her up to like a 1200 total. And I think that makes her pretty solidly the favorite for third. But it's obviously a if on the depth. Does Amanda Lawrence coach one of these lifters? Or am I remembering something incorrectly? I thought last year there was something that she was coaching another 84 kilo lifter. That would be great. Amanda Lawrence trying to coach her, like someone to just give her a really good competition. That would be pretty. Uh, I do not know. I have not. I have not heard that, nor heard that storyline. What if, like, what if none of it is even close to being relatively true, and that just happened in my brain? That'll be. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that happen in your brain, and honestly, that's the yeah. least scary one. So I'll roll with it. Yeah, that's that's pretty harmless, uh, I guess. Uh, Danielle's also coached by Bryce Krawcheck, so pretty close. I mean, Amanda, Bryce Krawcheck. Didn't say somewhere. it was Danielle. I didn't say it was, <laughs> didn't say it was her. I thought it was someone else uh, within this. Uh, fuck, it could be Kristen. Um, who knows? I'm just wondering uh, who. Uh, I, I could have swore I saw this posted somewhere or on a story, which I thought was kind of a cool idea. Um, I think whenever you get into squat depth issues, though, um, is a problem or it, it becomes a solvable problem when the meet happens really far away from or further distanced from the competition. Danielle just competed, right? In May, yes. Yeah, so so yeah, that was so that I think that is giving me a little bit of um a little bit of hesitancy of picking her and also just something that is a concern I think is uh is squat depth. Um because it's hard to fix that in 4 weeks. I could throw off your movement pattern or I could take off your squat there. But just the the capable total though and me not knowing much about uh Almeida it's um, it's I would agree that is going to be the biggest debate here is who gets that third third place. Um, hmm. Yeah, Marina looked good though. Have... Marina did look good. I think Grand Prix. Right? Yeah. Did. Um, I don't know how to say her name. Almeida. No, I'm trying to say Timmy Tope. No, Timmy Tope Nuga. There you go. All right, Britain. I wasn't too off. You're correct. Yeah. Um, she's all saying here. I don't see the game there. I think she's gonna be, you know, fighting for many fourth. Um, but she competed in March. She missed her last squat and dead. I know she mentioned dealing with an injury. Um, the squat actually did look pretty easy where she hit 419. Um, and then her bench was a tough one. She hit 237. Her deadlift, she got it, but. Steve and I both made the same note. It looked like she ramped it. And, like, I feel like it wouldn't count in IPS, so she might not hit that 507 deadlift in the actual meet. Or in the actual meet. So we got to see. Can they move, like, 
decently like like to have more in the tank, but I don't know about that form. Yeah, that's fair. That's a that's a fair thing to look at. Yeah, I I still with that I don't even think I don't know. third place though I I don't I don't think I really even see her in that situation. So, um, anything else to add before we go into predictions? That's all I got nope. All right. Um, I guess I'll start. I'll go Amanda first, uh, Chris in second, and I'll go with uh, Marina Almeida third. All right. Only change there is I'm going Danielle. I just see, I mean, the 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 depth thing is a big question mark, but I just see her as having the higher ceiling if she can fix that. And maybe it's a blessing in disguise that she was able to do Canadian Nationals and figure that out now. Because um, if she didn't do Canadian Nationals, she probably would have learned the hard way come IPF Worlds. But she's got some time from that to be able to work on that in training and, and make sure she comes back solid. So I got her third. All right, I got Amanda, of course, as first. I got Kristen at second. I'm going with Marina. Thing. Like, Tim is obviously said, I'm thinking, like, you just competed. And I just don't know if fixing your squat form will not kill the offered squat. Or if you straight up think you fixed it, but then you get on the platform and you go back to your old ways that were only a few weeks ago. All right, so we can move on to the 84-plus kilo division. And like it always is with this weight class, is there anyone going to be able to push Team USA's Onika Brown in first place? Nope. I think Close, <laughs> closer, closer than usual, especially on paper, but no. This this is the probably the most solid one, two, three, like not very many arguments class that yeah. there is. Um, Onika is coming in with the same... Uh, dominated total is uh, Amelie Merger. I guarantee I'm saying that wrong. We Amelie resident, Merger. Uh, French... A- Amelie Merger. There we, there we go. Right. Um, yeah, we're just going to let you say that. Um, right. But the fact is, Bonica's total came from Powerlifting American Nats, where she completely sandbagged. Like, squat was super easy. Bench was super easy. Deadlift was easy. I mean, she definitely has way more. She, uh, Emily. Her her uh, total she did back at French Nationals was like all third attempt grinders like that that was all she had she would have to have done something crazy honestly the only thing I think person I think in the world that can truly maybe test Bonica right now is Alexis Jones yeah but obviously she's going to be at Raw Nationals I think she would be the biggest competition mm-hmm. and then we from there like I said if Bonica's got it wrapped I don't see that changing I mean she doesn't have any issues I mean the only issue Bonique ever has is she sometimes has a little issue with her third deadlift but I'm not even projecting her like like she tries to usually go like 550 560 yeah. I'm not even projecting her with that if she hits that it's just icing on the cake to kind of pad the fat what? Emily is very solidly then in, in second like she is easily like fairly easily projected second over where Emily leach is who just competed as well. Squat maybe looked like it had a touch more, but outside of that, the rest was pretty well third attempt. And then from there, you've actually got last year's winner, Brittany Slater. But honestly, Brittany should come down to the U.S. and compete in the 100-kilo class because she possibly could be the best 100-kilo lifter in the world. The the issue is uh, Brittany weighs significantly less than these other three women. She only weighs like 235. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just crazy that she won this last year. But since then, Emily and uh, uh, Emily have both significantly improved. Brittany's definitely 
improved, but just not to the point where I think she's going to be in the picture there, barring we see some mislips. Uh, refresh my memory. Mirajay last year, she was in IPF Worlds. I think we did. We have her as the favorite there. I think it was. It was. I had Brittany Slater last year. You did. All right. I yeah. remember. I picked. I'm pretty sure I picked her because I remember that was. I just. I saw her training. It was going really well, and she, like that was one of the weird ones that I picked uh, because I'm the Oracle, and I just. I see things. You felt it. Um, you saw it. Because her and Emily Leach tied on total, and Brittany won on body weight. Emily Merger, or whatever, her, how to pronounce it, pronounce it, she only totaled 1322 last year. And then she just totaled 1427 at French Nationals. Now, maybe she makes some amazing progress. We very well could be seeing her then challenge Bonica next year. I just don't think this year yet. But obviously, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. Just, I remember that uh, Brittany. I think was a surprise to a lot of people. Um, and uh, yeah, and, uh, a really good story there for winning. Uh, but yeah, you have you have Bonica in it this year. Um, and really, you talk about third deadlift. Has she ever had to? When was the last time she had to worry about a third deadlift in competition? Raw. I I don't know. Maybe it's on the equipped side. I have no exactly idea. Exactly raw. But like, I don't think I. I don't think she's ever had too because i don't think she's ever been really pushed mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I'm, if it has it was before my time yeah i mean i've been competing since 15 years old so that's a lot of medals that she's racked up a lot of accolades that ipf worlds um yeah i'm gonna have to agree i mean this is one of those weight. Cl- I, it usually happens with the heavier weight classes where there's not a whole lot of people just filling out the weight class and you get like three really solid lifters, just like who are going to place top three happens. Um, it's going to happen on the men's side, definitely. Um, and then I think, I guess in the USAPL side, because it's so, it, actually the super heavies are a little bit smaller on the USAPL's men's side that it's, I guess, a little bit easier to predict. But um, yeah, uh, and again, I think uh, Bonica has this but also world games and Sheffield to look at too. So I think mm-hmm. those are gonna be the I think the uh the pinnacles of her uh more recent uh powerlifting meets coming up. So uh one of the most technical squats I've ever seen is Bonica Brown. Just wanted to get that out there. I remember 2019 Raw Nationals, uh, just watching it, and that was I knew how like legendary she was, but I never saw her in person. That was actually like the highlight of the uh, day for me was actually watching her squat. It made like it was just it was so technically sound, um, and it's not easy to do an 84 plus weight class to make a squat look that pretty. There's a lot, you know. There's a, maybe a slow descent. It was just a perfectly groove squat. So excited to see um, her compete on the world stage again. We didn't get to see that last year. Are we safe to give our predictions here? Yeah. I think we all have the same ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think we got the same one. Bonica, Emily, Emily. Emily Merche. Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to get that one in there again. Merche. Very French names are very fun to pronounce. 
Um, squat mean deadlift. Do it on other countries that aren't French because I'm going. We're going to struggle with other nations going forward that aren't French lifters. Um, yeah, that's one of my least favorite things to do is potentially being called out by someone from another country because I don't know how to pronounce their name. Like, yeah, guys, we're Americans. Does that happen? Like, as the person? Kind of. Not the person, but, like, I think last year the French lifters were like, yeah, you fucked up my name terribly. I'm like, no shit. I did. Sorry. (laughs) Tough price to pay for saving you during World War II, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) That guy had to throw that one in there. You can make fun of French people. They don't mind, I don't think. Right? They're not like a... (laughs) Do they all have one opinion? I don't know, but... I, I think I could I could I think I could get away with at least that joke, but uh, who knows? Maybe two hours and eleven minutes in, I get canceled only by France, and I'll go about my life probably not caring that much that I got canceled by France. If they listen this far, they like us too much to not. Mm-hmm. I'm telling. Well, squat meme deadlift is because he wants to hear if I actually pronounce these names right. He probably listens to each and every weight class to make sure we pronounce the names right. But um, that'll do it. We have one more preview show left. Hold on. What's up, Steve? Should we do a quick? Should we do a quick best overall lifter? Because honestly, oh, yeah. I thought we. I don't know. If we, into, I a, don't into a mega podcast where we just okay. We don't have to do follow that? a script. After? Yeah, because I thought we well, we were and also plans for two white lights going forward. Um, I'm looking to get one okay. interview in, but also like, um, I think just because we're doing this so far out, I think one more podcast is com- kind of free form combining all like the other storylines that are going to happen at mega nationals and worlds in the one episode. Um, and also I think it'd be good not to follow the script of a weight class thing, you know, like uh, just talking about all I think I'm going to throw out there. Cause that's the biggest thing I'm going to throw out is like a, you're right. It's huge. As a segue, Tiffany Chappelle should not be excluded from the conversation based off of the calculation I just did. She may beat Amanda and, uh, Leah. If Chapon. Yeah, I think uh, you're definitely right on that. Forty Heather Connor was always in those conversations as well. So especially when it went on Wilkes. Wilkes, I think she I, – I don't know if she won ever, but I think she had the highest documented Wilkes at a point in USAPL and IPF. So, yeah, 47 kilo weight class, what she's doing, what she's capable of doing will be um, definitely within the conversation. But we'll talk about that at a later episode We'll see you guys next week with IPF World's Preview for the men's side. Peace.